This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. That's right, you know who it is, your friendly neighborhood DJ podcaster, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! That's right, I'm here to bring another episode of amazing DJ culture filled content for you and for all you people watching on youtube that's right i got my dog on my lap she does not want to get off my lap so say hi ruby that's right she's part of the podcast now she's not saying much thankfully because dog barking on a podcast would suck but she's here with me supporting supporting you the djs um we've got another great episode for you today and as always this podcast is brought to you by beat source BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs. We continue to innovate and change the game for open format DJs. And now we have the ability to include DJ edits on our site. And this is game changing. So now you can use BeatSource Link to stream songs from the cloud or in offline locker mode if you don't have Wi-Fi at the gig. And you can utilize our edits. So we've got intros, outros, acapella, outs, all types of stuff. And a lot more to come. Just trust me. I mean, we got transitions. And the coolest thing about it is it's legal. So we're legally giving the artists and the record labels the streams, the plays. They're getting paid for it. So as DJs, we can support them and do this legally. This is just huge. I don't I don't know, you know, how else to express it, but I am so proud of the team at BeatSource. They're amazing for making this happen, and it's only the beginning. Uh, if you want to try it out, also, something new is that we've got a code here on the 20. We'll give you 60 days free if you use the code the 20. That's right, T-H-E, the number two, and the number two, the number two and zero. So the 20, T-H-E, two, zero. Put that in. And you will get 60 days free for BeatSource. And I think you'll be blown away. Let us know how you feel. Thank you guys for listening. The Beat Sorcerers, everyone who's been supporting, really appreciate it. Um, every week I get the greatest messages from you guys. And we are building. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, building this community with you guys. And if you've got something to say, hit me up on Instagram. It's probably the best place. At DJ Spider. D-J-S-P-I-D-E-R. I'm also on Twitch with the same spelling. Or on Twitter. D-E-E-J-A-Y-S-P-I-D-E-R. This podcast is also on all platforms. You can watch us on YouTube. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everything. Google, whatever you want. We are out there. So uh, however is convenient for you check it out also i will be back out there djing starting in september you can catch me at marquee day club september 10th i think my set is 3 to 5 p.m it's gonna be insane also town nightclub in las vegas on september 25th and i got a bunch more stuff coming up that i will be posting on my website d-e-e-j-a-y-s-p-i-d-e-r.com djspider.com going forward um today i'm so excited to tell you about today's show i had a really good time talking to this guy i didn't know it'd go so long but i'm glad it did uh we had a lot to talk about we've got a highly sought after dj youtuber and national speaker someone who kills it in the wedding dj world while staying true to himself as a person and as a dj and you will see that through this episode 
He has also built up a very popular YouTube page, as I mentioned before, giving tips. He has wedding DJ tips, reviews, stories, and more. His page is so entertaining, so I highly advise you to go check that out. Not only that, and something that is extremely important and very pertinent to this, is that he's the curator for all of the wedding-related playlists on BeatSource, and there is a lot of them. And I cannot express how valuable they are and how much work he has put into these playlists. Whether you're experienced or not, these will help you in one way or another. I was going through them and my mind was blown. So uh, I I need you to check them out, guys. Go check them out. Um, He is also extremely outspoken and hilarious. He's not afraid to speak his mind and tell the truth. So without further ado, I'm excited to welcome to the show DJ Nick Spinelli. We have got Nick Spinelli on the show today. How you doing, man? I am peachy. How are you, sir? I'm peachy. Thank as you for well. having me. Yes, yes. Thank you for being here. Um, you know, we got to. Uh, oh, you know what? I forgot. Uh, the crowd wanted to give you some. Pro- oh no, that's the wrong button. <laughs> Actually, the uh, <laughs> that is not the crowd. That's not the crowd noise that we needed. What's going on here with the? Uh, Oh my God! I'm having. Oh, oh with I'm not using the roadcaster oh, correctly no, here. Nice. What's what's happening? Oh. Roadcaster, you're failing me. You're failing me. <laughs> what's uh? <laughs> I mean, oh, shit. I can't. There's no way to change it. How do you, you can't change the? Uh, hold on. I'm I'm gonna. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. There we go. There's the proper, proper introduction. Nick Spinelli. Give it up, you guys. Nick Spinelli. Look at him. He's here. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. That is the proper introduction. And uh, normally, I think I'd probably cut that part out of the podcast, but I think I'm going to leave it in honor of your YouTube videos because after watching you on YouTube, I really respect your ability to mess up, leave it in the video, and then fix it with a hilarious uh, moment. And I think that teaches a lot about (laughs) pushing forward with things, being yourself, not caring, and uh, showing how real shit is because sometimes you hit the wrong button and that's what happens, right? (laughs) That's it. It's life. Such is life. Such is life. All right. So welcome to the podcast, Nick Spinelli. Thank you, man. Um, yes. Thank you. You, uh, you know, for the people that don't know you, you are a DJ, you are a YouTuber, you are a speaker, you're so much more. You've grown all of this stuff even more through the pandemic. I mean, pre-pandemic, you've been killing the wedding game and, and other DJ gig game, but it seems like you've really stepped up your streaming youtubing uh and all of that stuff through the through this time and it's out of been boredom fun to watch I, I had nothing else to do i had nothing else to do i was bored well <laughs> so good sometimes boredom leads to the best possible uh things you know that you never thought of right yeah yeah man yeah but um yeah so i mean um thank you for being here and like i said um you, you primarily are in the wedding game. Oh, and something I didn't mention, too, is that you are the BeatSource official curator for the wedding playlist, which is a massive chunk of the BeatSource curated playlist. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an honor, man. It was one of my, uh, it's like a dream job for me. I couldn't, I still can't believe they, um, yeah, I'm doing it. But yeah, it's I mean, awesome. I definitely think they picked awesome. uh, the right person for the job. I mean, I, I've gone through the playlists, and um, you know, I mean, I do. I don't do as many weddings as you, and I'm probably got one, you know, a foot more in the club world, but um, I do do a lot of weddings still, and I have done them over time, and I've learned so much from my experiences and so much musically. Every time I do a wedding, as annoying as it is for them to ask you for stuff you don't have or that you don't know, it always teaches me something, and I always take something from it and learn from it. And going through your playlist, I was like... Oh, wow. Like, this is so great. I was even just looking at the father-daughter ones and the garter throwing and the different types of dinner ones and all of the different stuff that you had. And even that was kind of, I was learning a little from it or, or going, oh, I remember when I had to do that at a place. So I think they're very, very valuable. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, and and the playlist actually came a lot of like the ideas just came from me just planning weddings, like you know, getting these request lists and going through every weekend. I get a request list, and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about that song, or what is this song? That's the name of that song. I heard that before. You know what I mean? And then I end up adding it, and that's kind of how I built these over you know ten years or so, fifteen years or so, I guess now. So, right, shouts to all the couples. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's know? what I'm saying. It's been just you know, it was years of of like doing these things where I'm like, I don't know this stuff. And then all of a sudden it's part of my repertoire and it's like in my rotation of like, wow, that worked. I'm glad they, you know, asked me for this random genre or whatever it is. There's always something like no matter how many, um, how many weddings and stuff you do, I feel like there's always something like I have something coming up and I'm doing like a kind of an after party wedding thing in a few weeks. And they sent me initially the person booked me and was like, they only like rock. I'm like, okay, this might be kind of hard, you know, playing an all rock set. But then they sent me their playlist of what they do like. And it was not only rock. Yeah. And then they seemed really cool and nice on the, um, you know, on the email. And then they said, the only thing they don't like is Bruno Mars's voice. And they don't want to hear Bruno Mars. <laughs> I'm like, that is kind of a wedding staple is Bruno Mars at this point. But look, if you guys don't want it. Easy enough. Uh, he's out. Yeah, exactly. Easy enough. Should be fine. Um, just an interesting, somewhat of an interesting request, especially for a wedding. I just love requests. Like I, you know, there's a a lot of DJs out there that get butt hurt with it. You know, like a lot of wedding in the in you know wedding game in yeah. the wedding game, right? They're like, oh, there's this huge request list. This sucks. Da da da. And they, to me, it's like number one, just like we said, you can learn a lot from these requests. They're going to request things that yeah. you forgot about. All that you add them to your crates, you build your crates that way. But number two, you know, the best part about my job, you know, best part about our job is like every event is different, every gig is different, every wedding, every couple is different. They want different shit. Like if I played the same shit every wedding, I'd hate my life. I would literally hate my life. Like, totally. You know what I mean? Like I love that. Okay, we're going to do this this time. Okay, and for this one, I'm going to do this. And it's just like it's always like a new challenge, like to figure out how to. Especially when I get some real like left out of left field random. Like I got, I had to play down with the sickness and do host at a wedding two weeks ago you know what? so figuring out how to like make those shits work yeah do do hot shout out to dj ragoza has a dope ass acapella out at it right wow so i dropped that shit i i make i mixed out with i think pyt and it fucking worked it made but we made it we, we, you know it, it just it just it, like things like that i try and do a game plan ahead of time like how i'm gonna get in and out just in case it yeah. does bomb or whatever sure. but like it's fun man like, it, like there's there's really no other kind of events that have like the amount of uh 
you know, variety, you know, that you get to play and everything than weddings. Like, cause there's like every type of person there, every age, every, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, that's a very specific thing, but I mean, everyone has their own things. I, I did a wedding too, and they wanted like the most ratchet, trapped out, you know, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think you really want this stuff, you know? And, uh, but I came there prepared, <laughs> of course. And then they start asking, no, play it, play it. I'm like, I don't really have the clean version of it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm like, all right. And then they really <laughs> wanted it. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. You know, it's a, it's a full bone, you know, trap club in here, but that's crazy down with the yeah. sickness too. They just, I love that or the beginning of it. It's like, wow, <laughs> I can't do it as good. Yep. That's amazing. Well, I mean, and so we talk about wedding DJs and I feel like wedding DJs, there's almost like a. A stigma to it in a way and i i saw you did a youtube video maybe a couple years ago where you played a club dj and a wedding dj sitting next to each other on a couch and sort of like oh. roasting each oh, other wow. you were digging deep i mean this is yeah, what i you do were digging this is what deep. i do um but <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it was it was funny i loved it and it, it it highlighted a lot of the the differences um and the just it, the exaggerated differences. But I think that something about you and something I've learned about you just from watching your stuff and hearing from other people and, uh, and honestly just from looking through your playlist is that you're not the stereotypical type of wedding DJ. And I don't think that that stigma necessarily applies anymore as much as people want it to. Because I know a lot of DJs that are really cool in that respect and can do anything. And I think that you're you know, something that you've stressed in a lot of your stuff is like not feeling pressured to do something you don't want, being yourself and making sure you represent that to the client beforehand so they know who they're booking. And that's what I've always done. Like, look, I'm not this kind of wedding DJ. If you want this kind of DJ, I'm here for you and I will make it the best night of your life. And I will work very hard to research and do all the stuff and have fun with it. But um, yeah, so, yep. so is that, you know, do you want to talk about your approach to the non-traditional wedding DJ and being yourself? I mean, if you think about the history, right, what changed was is basically, I mean, in my opinion, I don't know, there's no real written, you know, yeah. anything on it, but like what changed, I think, is that mixing became the norm, right? Like mixing became accepted. Mixing became something that like was not just accepted, but kind of like expected. And, 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 and so back in the day when I feel like when wedding and I'm not that old, so it's not like, you know, I'm speaking from experience, but back in the day, right. When the, yeah. when the wedding DJs were coming out, right. They, uh, they had the technology came out, you know, they had their cummerbunds and they, they, it was all shtick. It was all emceeing. It was all teaching line dances. I know when I started, when I was 15 in the early two thousands, uh, you know, that's what you did. You just, you just taught dances. Like I learned, I was a wedding DJ first. I learned how to MC and be, uh, be that guy way before I even learned how to mix. I didn't know mixing was even a thing for the first like two years okay. of my career. Right. Didn't even know mixing was a thing. I just faded in next song and, and we, and we kept it pushing, you know, but I think as, uh, as mixing became more mainstream and crowds responded to it and everything now, like everything's changing now, like now you're expected to do more on the mixing end of it. And it's also bringing more club DJs into the market because before yeah. a club DJ wouldn't touch a wedding unless it was very specific, like, Hey, you're going to get a club at your wedding. And th th those specific clients wanted that. Yeah. But am I right? Like it was yeah. like now they're coming in drones. These club DJs are sniffing all the, Whoa, how can I get in the wedding game? You know what I, I mean? Know. Like, 
And pandemic had something to do with it too, because, you know, weddings are happening quicker than clubs are happening right now, you know, in the most part. So, but I, I I think that's, you know, it's just the client is more, people are more dialed in with like what we do. Like they don't know anything about DJing, but they know that, Hey, this DJ, it was much smoother and he didn't play the whole song. Like, that's what I get now. Like I, I get couples asking me like, do you play like the whole song? Or are you just going to just do like, you know, cause we were at this one wedding, you know, yeah. they noticed that shit cause they get bored. I'm like, no, you listen, right. don't you worry, Mr. Bride and groom. I got ADHD. <laughs> I'm going to be in and out of everything. I'm going to play 250 songs. Don't right. you worry, you know, right. and that's what's changed. And that's where like the stigma is going away. You know what I mean? Totally. And where like the shtick and all like the cheesy shits not working less and less line dance is the number one, most non-requested, you know, on the do not playlist. Like that's great. Everywhere. And I agree. Exactly. Um, that's what they come to me with too. Like, listen, we don't want this. We don't want the chicken dancer. We don't want that traditional thing. And I'm like, look, that's not what I yeah. do. So it's perfect. Um, but but I agree with you. Uh, they know more. They know the terminology. Some of them know even BPM, which is like hilarious. But it's it's and also it has yeah. to do even in the past few years with TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and them having the ability to see DJing and the mixing of all the genres together, and and them ha- being able to make their own playlists on Spotify and and stuff like that. I feel like plays into all of it. Um, and it's been nice. I agree. I, I I love you know I love that part of it, um and um and I think that, like like you said, it it was weird like when they used to book me for a wedding and they'd be like, whoa, this guy's scratching and using turntables and you know it was such a big thing. But yeah. I've seen you talk about like scratch at weddings. I think it's absolutely you know. Um, appropriate and and something that you can do there, right? I mean, I think you can take all of the club things and all of the cool things and it just adds to the the thing for the bride and groom and for the whole family and feel like they have something more special than just someone that can be like, all the ladies, get on the floor now or something, right? It's it's all about creating a niche for yourself, you know, and then that's when I realized early on, I used to be embarrassed to be a wedding DJ, honestly, like I, I used to, uh, I used to just wanted to be the cool club guy, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and I was like, oh, you know, so I would almost hide it, like I barely talked about the weddings I did, I just like, you know, I kept it undercover and just like, I would just talk about quote unquote, the cool stuff I got to do whenever that happened. And, you know, one day I realized like, you know, I do like, I love doing weddings. Like, fuck it. I'm just gonna like, you know what I mean? I'm just gonna be vocal about it and I'm going to go all in. And then, and then you kind of find yourself and find your own niche and like what you like doing, you know, and then like, and what what works. And I slowly evolved into, you know, I am going to scratch at a wedding. You know, I am going to mix quickly. I'm going to beat mix. I I quick mix and beat mix all through dinner. Like, you know what I mean? Like I mix all through dinner and I, I, I can talk about an hour for that. Like, you know, you do not put on a playlist for dinner. Like it's like the most slept on part of a wedding, you know? Like, and so I started doing things kind of the way I wanted to do them. And then you attract more of that. You attract clients that want that specifically, you know, and you create a niche yourself. And that's how, you know, I mean, I agree. I remember hearing a story about AM DJing. I want to say it was like, um, some big person's wedding, obviously. I don't know if it was like a, Something with Christina Dr. Aguilera. I don't know somebody, but that he was doing the dinner part and playing. There were some people there that he respected, and he's playing the samples of the songs and doing, you know, some real DJ stuff. Like I love those kind of sets too. Sometimes when I'm playing a background set at a private event, 
I'm having so much fun because I'm getting to be so creative, yeah. mix these songs together, all these songs that would never work on the dance floor, and I get to play them yeah. and have fun with it. And then the people that are noticing are enjoying it. You're also getting like the vibe, like you're looking at their head and who's nodding their head and how much and how if they look over at you, if they smile at a track, if they thumb, don't smile at a track or, you know, whatever it is, you're almost all intel getting. Yes, you're getting the intel in that early part. Right. So then you're even more prepared yes. to come in and go, whoa, these people really seem to be liking this or asking for this during the dinner. So now I know. And um, it's all just clues towards how to kill it in the prime time and make them have the best night of their life. A hundred percent. And, and, and then the other side of that, and I always, I tell my couples this, I use this as a selling point, but I just tell them in general, like you, you ever, you ever go out somewhere, right. And you're just vibing and you're having such a great time. You end up just drinking a little more than you were planning on having one more extra drink. Right. Cause it's yeah. just the vibe was right. Like that's what I want to create during dinner and cocktail hour. I want the vibe totally. to be so great. People are just jamming that they're going to have one or two more than they were, they were planning on. And that's when you get, you know, uncle Bob out in the dance floor day. Uncle Bob never dances. I couldn't believe he did. That's because uncle Bob was wasted. And I just happened. <laughs> he, he, he was just, he was loose. You know what I mean? Yes. He was chilling. He was vibing. He had a little more than he was planning on. Totally. And, and that's why he danced, you know? And I think that's the other like major, major key. No, do not sleep on dinner. It's DJs. so true. Yeah. I mean, that was like, I, you know, I used to DJ restaurants like when I was cu coming up and um, we would, yeah. I remember I'd be with Steve Wonder and we would DJ this Indian restaurant every week wow. and we would bring all of our records and it was fun because we'd look down at the people, see what they're vibing to. We're playing this instrumental or this cool song or a jazzy house song. And, you know, you're not there to make them dance, but all of that stuff just plays into DJing and your knowledge of music and experience and um yeah I think it's really important and getting Uncle Bob to DJ to to dance <laughs> you know and and mixing stuff you don't mix all the time is fun so you know what I mean so like it's just fun to like you know you know you you're fucking with a Bill Withers track during dinner yep. you know what I mean stuff like that like it's just it's just fun that's like the the essence you know playing different stuff I don't know so totally. that's why Dinner's a blast. Yeah. Blast. Yeah, I agree. And your I, I agree. And your din your dinner um playlists on Beat Source are great because you had like rat pack Italian, this kind of wedding. Uh more pop up tempo, this kind of wedding, more traditional, more soul, Motown. And it was nice to see those. I think there's twenty five. Really? Twenty five different opening wedding one uh wedding dinner ones. Something like that. Damn. Yeah, something like that. 20-something. Yeah, that's a lot. You definitely... I, a lot. I, I'll be honest. I didn't go through every single one, but I went through a lot, and you put in a lot of work, and a lot of thought really went into them. So, um, like I said before, they're pretty valuable. I'm not just, like, doing that because we're both at BeatSource, and you. I know this sounds like some, like, okay, these assholes right. are just <laughs> talking about the stupid yeah, company that they, you know, like, work for. I swear to God, if I didn't, if I didn't know one human being at BeatSource and I saw those, I'd be like, yo, I'm signing up for this and I'm doing it. Because if you don't know about weddings, it can teach you a lot. If you are an older, if you know a ton about weddings, it can teach you a lot. Like I said, I've done a ton of them and, and some of my friends are very into it. And I send it to them like, look at this. I don't know if you thought of this. They're organized. Good. Um, yeah. So good good job and and we'll get more into that a little bit later thank you man but um but yeah and, and i think like you said we're living in a time of like 
don't be embarrassed to say what you like. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, if it's like, you know, child mm-hmm. porn or something, that's not good. But like, <laughs> in terms of like, you know, other things you want, like that, you know, those people can go away. But but no, in, in terms of like what yeah. type of DJ you want to be or anything, like there was always these stigmas of like, I got to be cool or I got to fit in with this. Or, you know, even if you're not making money, like you're going to do some cool gig or you're doing a, a good look. Fuck that. We're in this. We're all trying to make a living. We're all trying to make our thing, find our niche. And if you have something you like and you're good at, then you should lean into it and and really do it. And um, I think it shows through your YouTube channel, the amount of people that comment on all of your videos and have questions and appreciate what you say. Um, that's That proves yeah, it in itself, it's, right? It's cool. But yeah, you're right. We're all eating the same shit sandwich, you know? <laughs> just got <laughs> yes. to find your own way, you know? Yes, yes. And also just the element of not taking yourself too seriously, I think, is important within all of this. You know, that's something I've always applied in I my life. I'm... Yes, of course, I'm serious about my job. Of course, I'm going to exactly like you're saying, I'm going to research the shit out of whatever I'm doing. If I'm going to a Vegas club, I'm going to make the best Vegas club set ever in the world. And if I'm doing a wedding or whatever it is, I'm going to do the best job. But I'm also going to not take myself too seriously. Have a good time. You can post funny things on the Internet. You can be yourself. And I think you really. That's how I discovered you. Right. Okay. Like, I, I didn't discover you because you were a DJ. Right. I, I swear to God, I didn't. I just didn't. I, that's not how I discovered you. I didn't discover you because I heard a mix or something. I discovered you because you did those hilarious fucking magazine things in the airports, and I was like, "This is genius. This is so <laughs> funny." And I'd be laughing my ass off at these things, and I'd, I'd binge watch them all, all that. And that's how. And then it's like, oh, but obviously he's a DJ. And then I checked out your other shit. You know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. If, like that. It's the major key, man. You're exactly. Right. Just yeah. show your personality, and that you're not afraid to just look stupid and obviously we care about what we do at the same time you know and and i think there's people like that even in other worlds that even diplo and dylan francis that's how they approach things you know what i mean there's they put funny shit they put their personality but then they put out really dope music and um do really good dj sets and care about what they're doing um so yeah that that's cool to hear and i know it's so funny i get more i'll put out a remix i work like for two months on and then people are like magazine face love it i'm like okay why am i even working on the music like (laughs) yeah right i'm trying to get uh i'm trying to make like visuals like for these vegas gigs i have coming up next month and um i was debating whether i should put like some of those crazy faces like floating around on the screen or if that's like taking it too far the people in the pool are gonna know what the hell is going on here That would be hilarious. Ask Four Color Zach. He'll tell you, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I got to see what he did for uh, for his Vegas stuff. I put it in my my Twitch. Like, I figured, like, once I started Twitch, I was like, okay, I'm going to put a little TV up there. I'm going to take every single one of those. Yeah. I, I learned that I had about an hour and 20 minutes worth without ever repeating one. I put wow. it in the final cut, wow. and I just made an hour and 20-minute video that plays on my Twitch. And so people that don't know who I am come in my twitch stream and they're like what the hell is this guy doing you know and then if enough people subscribe i just make it full screen i'm like here you go you're just looking at me being a complete idiot but i'm like i didn't put over 10 years of making dumb faces in airports and train stations and stuff for no reason i'm using this there's something that's to right it. that's right um so <laughs> now 
Yeah. Authenticity is everything, though, man. That's what it's all about. You know, it's it's currency nowadays. People, uh, you know, people are keen. They can smell when you're bullshit. They can tell when you're reading off a script. They can, you know what I mean? Yeah, I and agree. I think people just identify, you know, right when you're being real. They just identify more. You yeah, know? and authenticity within the wedding DJ game, I think, has been something that's hard to achieve for some people, and especially because they come from like these are the rules and this is the way it is. But seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, people like you, and I mean, I know Jason Janai, like from SCE. Um, he's someone else I see that 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 does that, and I know you work uh, with him, right? Yeah, yeah, he's my boss. He, uh, I work for SCE, right? So, so, he, so I mean, he's like, yep. I met him in Atlantic City. Um, actually, we were mm-hmm. he interviewed me for this direct music thing, and then we became friends after that, and. Um, you know, I started, I didn't know much about him until that. And then I started following him and seeing all the work and everything he does and puts into the weddings and all the different things he brings to the table and the same kind of thing. He, yeah. lo- he obviously loves DJing, but he also loves doing weddings and making people have a great time and events. And he just sort of combines all that and, and keeps it going. Yep. A lot of work ethic there. That's where, you know, that's what I'm, that's what kicked me in the ass when I started working for them years ago, you know, working for Jason and then like, you know, Jeff Scott Gold and all like the, the people on our team, like they, they're, they're nonstop. They grind on unreal. So I was like, holy shit, I got to step up my game or else I'm, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) last. So, you know, they, 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 they were their initial kick in my ass. I needed to start, uh, you know, figuring everything out. That's great. Yeah. I got a lot of respect for him and and the whole company. Um, you guys, I mean, in very professional like the website alone is like really dope like the way it's set up the way you have the reviews under that people can review whatever dj they had and and then you scroll down it keeps popping up and very clean and straight to the point but also shows you everything you'll need and so being in the in the wedding world I know you also have a lot of hot takes uh that I've seen you do on Instagram and and YouTube um, some, like you mentioned before that line dances suck and you never will play them and don't want to play them. Um, maybe something else I heard you mention that I think applies to people in nightclubs as well as weddings is that dance circles suck. No offense to break dancers. Obviously we love break dancers and the whole art, but yeah, when it's not a break dancer, you know, like, like yeah. we don't want to, and, and even to the break dancers, we don't need a dance circle in the club or at a wedding. It's shutting the thing down. It's, it's messing up the flow of the DJ set and, and all that stuff. Right. I mean, those, do you have any other standing on a dance floor is illegal <laughs> standing on a right. dance floor is illegal and dance circles make it okay. They, they normalize standing on a dance floor and I refuse, exactly. I refuse to accept that standing on a dance floor is acceptable. If you're going to stand, stand over there. Do not right. stand on the dance floor. That's sacrilegious. It is not acceptable. And I am, viv- I, I, I am vividly against. Is that the right word? I, I'm, um, I'm not educated. Probably I'm not. Very but much sure. against. I get it. You're vehemently I'm very against. Much against. <laughs> yes, vehemently. That's what I vehemently. Vehemently, vehemently against and vividly both. In living color. Correct. Dance circles. Exactly. They, like, they are they are the enemy. Right. If you're going to watch the kid dance, just dance with the kid. You don't need to watch the six-year-old dance in the middle of the circle. Maybe do it for a second, but, like, you think the six-year-old wants you to watch them dance that time? No. They're ready to party. They're mm-hmm. the one getting the party started. So go put them on your shoulders and jump around. That's making the party a lot better. Right? 
I, I, I had a dance circle the other day, and it, it turned into a double whammy. Are you ready for this? Hold on to your seat. It got it really pissed me off, <laughs> okay. right? I had a fucking dance circle the other day, all right? And they're doing a dance circle. I'm all pissed off. I'm already figuring out how to get out of this, right? <laughs> then they started clapping off beat to the person <laughs> dancing in the middle. Like that offbeat like, clap. You know what I'm talking about? And then... Yeah, and you're yeah, like, no, not no. on the snare, just on the other. I'm like, oh my god, these people are so white, and they're clapping off beat on top of a dance circle. So now my mixes are getting fucked up. Now I can't concentrate. Oh my! Now god. I'm about to just end the whole party. Like, can we just reset this whole fucking thing? I know. Oh my god, unbelievable. Mm. <laughs> What's your best technique to get out of the dance circle and back into the the dance mode? You know, get them going. There's a couple. I mean, the obvious one, I guess, would just be uh, like. So first of all. Whatever song I'm playing that created Dance Circle, I'm out of that shit. I don't give a shit what my plans were. I'm out. Right. I'm out. Right. I'm out and I'm switching and I'm switching lanes. I'm doing a I'm I'm going to my squeep folder. My squeep folder is for left turns. Like you know when like you make a Yui. Yeah. Right. My squeep my okay. I go right into my squeep like folder and I'm busting out a left turn. Yes. Because you, you change the vibe, you change something, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then usually you can get rid of it. If they still stay, if they're stubborn, right? Then I got to get on the mic, bring it in, bring it in, bring it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just kind of like motivate them that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, hands up, hands up, bring it in, bring it in. You know, and just like uh, to do the whole MC thing to try and like totally combat it. Uh, it, it. If that doesn't work, I just turn everything off and I leave. <laughs> You're like, sorry, the power went out. I'm out of yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry guys. No, we're do- we're cutting cake three hours early. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. That actually happened to me one time. The power went out. We were in Utah, and I guess the whole thing was runoff generators or something. And they were just like, they had power in Utah. They they had just gotten Weird. power into the mountains uh, that year. Oh. Uh, it was the year nineteen oh three. Oh, good. No, and, and like I remember good. the shit shut off, <laughs> and they were like, uh, "We can't get it back on." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And they're like, "That's it. It's done." I'm like, "So the whole thing is just." over and they're like yeah that's it but it was i think it was like god helping me because i had broken my rib like the night before i was just you know long story short i was in bar fight yes this guy punched me in the ribs no uh, way more embarrassing no uh, so 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 basically i was in aspen colorado we were with red bull and it was like this red bull dj team and they had brought us up there to do this stuff the x games and they were like we're gonna have louis vito the from the x games teach you to snowboard and you're gonna teach him to dj and i was like oh this is amazing i'm not really good at what at sports or anything so i teach him yeah. to dj you know he goes i go hey man just so you know i'm not really like a sports guy and like i'm not going to do good at the snowboarding we should do like the bunny hill he goes no we're going to the main x games hill and we're going to the top i'm like no i don't think this is a good idea he takes me up there we do it and it actually goes well he's very patient he's the nicest guy in the world he shows me to do the side to side thing i finish the day uninjured i'm like yeah I'm fucking X Games material at this point. I got this. So, like, the next day, all the Red Bull people are like, we're going up on the mountain. Come with us. I'm like, yeah, I just got taught by the X Games guy. I can do anything at this point. So, we go up there, and they go, we're going down. We're going on the terrain run. I'm like, what's that? They're like, you know, the bumps. I'm like, no, no. I only learned how to do the, like, side to side. They're like, you'll be fine. Just avoid the bumps. Yeah, famous last words. So I tried doing it, and I just kept falling, 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 falling so many times that I just fell in some weird way where, like, my arm hit my rib, and I broke my rib. And I remember, like, going back down and 
And I tried to go to the doctor for the X Games people, and he basically laughed at me. He was like, I go, my rib really hurts. And he's like, there's X Games athletes with, like, broken legs in here. We don't have time for you. And I was like, okay. And, like, I leave, and Stone Rock and all these DJs are giving me shit. Like, if you broke your rib, you would know it. You would know it. And I'm like, I think I know it. And they're like, no, you would. It like, hurts when I breathe. Yeah, I go, it hurts when I breathe. I can't feel anything. So it turns out, you know, I did. And, like, I had to jump on a flight and go, and I was doing the closing party for the Sundance Film Festival, this huge place, all the nominees, all the award people, thousands of people. And I remember going there, and I'm calling my wife. I'm like, something's wrong with me. And, and I saw this guy, Dingo, who's like a professional snowboarder, in the Denver airport on my layover. And I told him how I felt, and he's like, oh, mate. You broke your rib for sure. And I was like, I knew it. Like, you're the only person that has my back here. And so I get to, I get there. I have them take me to the urgent care. The doctor's like, oh, yeah, you have a broken rib. I'm like, what do I do? He's like, nothing. Just take Percocet and just relax. Don't do anything. I'm like, I'm going to DJ right now. So I go to the gig and, you know, everybody's all over you and trying to get you to drink. And I can't, like, bend my arm. It hurts to, like, extend my arm and to do anything. And... So short of the party, like, goes by. I'm DJing. I'm in, I'm in hell. And the whole thing turns off. That's why I said, like, it was God, like, helping me. All the power that's turns the, off. And they're like, the DJ gods. We can, the DJ gods. They were like, we can't do the party anymore. We're so sorry. You just, you, that's your whole set. You got to go home. I was like, thank God. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you ever pray to the DJ gods? You, you ever be oh at a gig God, and, and you pray the to the DJ? Like, I pray to DJ gods all the time. Like, I, 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 I little, please, I hope the Holy Ghost of AM is in here right now. Please help me. This crowd is going to suck. Please, so Lord, DJ gods. Like, <laughs> am I the only one? No, like, no. I'm I really, all, in my head, oh, so many I really times. do. I'm like, if you just let my computer make it through this, set i'll do anything <laughs> i'll never I my charger i'm at 28 percent. yeah please let my battery <laughs> I can't. go i've got the dim what can i sacrifice it's what can all I the sacrifice? way dim to the lowest i can't even see anything yes i've done <laughs> the deed they don't always listen but uh i've, uh, I've had I'm just a, making sure a I lot of praying to the dj gods um yeah so i don't even know how i got into that story but something with <laughs> broken ribs or i don't even know but um yes i um <laughs> back to what we were saying the hot takes and uh line dances suck dance circles suck and you know just all all that kind of stuff and i love how you highlight that stuff on your youtube i watched your most recent one and um you talk about this little girl who was like asking not asking oh, sorry yeah. demanding songs from you and mm -hmm. um just kind of doing what certain people will do, no matter their age. Um, and yeah. uh, kind of trying to ruin your night in a way and some horror story type of thing. Um, do you have any other, any other, do you want to talk about that or any other horror stories that you encounter during these, these gigs? Um, yeah, I mean, well, so the little girl just, uh, <laughs> you know, pissed me off. <laughs> she pissed me off. Which sounds funny to say. I thought about fighting her. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, no, she was like seven. I've been there. I was like, I get it. Which is funny. They walk. She she was super adorable. You know, she you walk yes, up right. She's got a little whatever little little bride's flower girl dress on and all this. I kneel down. Hey, sweetie, can I help you play music now? I'm like, what? What? The? <laughs> I, I turned to my buddy Santi. I like my assistant. Santi, I was like. Like, yo, you hear this? What, yeah. what the, play it now. I'm like, all right, we will. Don't worry. Like, in a little bit. Like, oh I was God. nice the first couple times. And after, eventually, it just, you know, I don't know. It, it, 
long story short, she created it. So not only did she, she give me shit about playing the music. She also created a dance circle later. Cause she like danced her ass off once I did play music. So I made it a point to bring up every song, 10 BPM to wear her ass out. I played all the bangers I knew she would like. So she would just dance so much. She got tired and I swear she went right to that table. She was so tired after that first dance set. And then the next dance set, I made a point to play everything she wouldn't like. And I was hoping I was banking and praying to the DJ gods that she wouldn't have the energy to come up and give me shit about what I was playing and sure enough she disappeared and that was the end of that problem but that's not I mean I've, I've had guests you know I mean we've you know you you have, you have a world famous video of of uh, of uh, of one of these uh, you know some girl bothering you or some drunk chick bothering you it was hilarious <laughs> you know I, I oh my god that I, was I the most real in. thing too because I had just put I think like oh. Instagram live streaming had just come out and I was like oh what if I live yeah. stream my set and I remember I put my phone like right in front of the booth and there was a way to just point it at me and I pushed go and then just at the end save the video I didn't even know that it happened and I look I mean I knew but I didn't and I look later and I was like that was the most real life DJ thing that could have ever happened like on camera I wonder if I should put this on so I send it to this group chat of a few DJs and they were like holy shit that's amazing and I'm like okay I'm putting this on the internet but I didn't know if she's like the club owner's daughter or something. So I blurred her face out. Um, Cause even yeah. that's how that came about too, because she's in the booth and I don't want to just kick her out. I feel like she got there somehow. I didn't know if she was like important. So I was trying to be nice, but I have a hard time controlling my facial expressions from exactly how I really feel. Me too. So yeah, little did I know I showed exactly how I felt at the moment and used my technique of trying to box her out, but be nice at the same time. And wow, that uh -huh. struck a nerve like hundreds of thousands of people online, like watch this video and like it's been passed around all the DJ sites that are like, this is incredible <laughs> it's insane well that brings up a great point what i actually been thinking about i haven't like talked about this yet but um i, I you know how like you can have like a dash cam or whatever like yes. i i am seriously considering i'm trying to figure out the right camera the right way i think gopro's the move i want to set up a camera every single wedding i do unless like the couple for some reasons like don't film whatever you know right. some you'll get that sometimes but like um but i want to set up a camera every every wedding for that exact purpose and just keep that running have it plugged into power and just record the whole thing I, maybe I, I worst case i dump all the footage afterwards i don't right. use it at all but when things like this happen i can have a visual aspect and then let's say something crazy like that happens i'm gonna have that shit on video you know i, know. I don't know why i haven't been filming all this because things have been happening i wish wish i had this shit on video oh like, my I, god like, oh yeah so that, that's a major I know. I think I'm really going to do it soon. You should. You know what? Um, uh, Tony Perry came on two weeks ago, and um, he does these pretty mm -hmm. cool videos from his gigs. And I was like, how do you get the, the you know, um, view of, like, how you're doing that? And he says he has the GoPro 360. Um, because because uh, when you yeah. said that, I thought, oh, it would be funny, but would you be filming yourself or would you be filming the crowd? Because you would kind of want both sides of it for the reaction video but maybe if you had the gopo th 360 it would be filming you and the person at the same time then later you could decide how to show the footage so if it was a hilarious interaction you could edit it like show their face asking then show your face like what and the then show fuck? mine yeah <laughs> that could that might Yo, be a, a reason right. to buy that camera i i just when you said it i just thought about it no, you're right. I really am going to do that. Right? It and then you just be, put it in front. Yeah, and it'll just Because then it, it'll get, you might get cool then footage can, from the whole wedding. And then if you do have an amazing moment, you could edit it in your, like, program to make it look hilarious. Like, my face, like, 
blood. Zoom into my yeah, face. Like, uh, and then the person like, I'm telling you, I want four Sambucas. You know, it's like that video or whatever. The, the girl asking right. for the drinks, <laughs> the DJ. <laughs> I'm, it's so funny, but the same way though, I, I'm the same way as you. I like, I literally wear my expressions on my face bad. So like, it would, it would, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. I've had to learn over time to try to keep my expressions as Zen as possible, you know, especially in club world. Like when I was coming into things having my first Miami gigs and stuff. And I mean, getting either just killed by the manager or pulled off or something and, like I would just get so flustered. Yeah. Like I couldn't come back. Like if they told me I was doing horrible in the middle of my set and I thought I was doing good, it was like, it was so hard to come back from or like change the song. We need uh, more energy or like it took a long time to be able to deal with that stuff level headedly. It's so hard. It takes your breath away when something like that happens. It just makes you feel this big. It's just like, Oh my God, what do I do now? I suck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know no. exactly how. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I know it's something about DJing where you're auditioning every single time, even if you've been DJing for 20 years and you've completely made an entire That's career out of it. You're still somewhat auditioning every time and you can feel like you suck and then you're the best, like within two days. That's a really good point. Yeah, <laughs> it's always an audition because the crowd's always different because everything's always there. It's never the same. You're never going to have the same exact people at that exact moment in time in that exact place ever again. Like, yeah. it's always unique. It's always, a you know, so. Yeah, totally. And, it's interesting. and so how did you initially get into the wedding world? Like you said, you you first you didn't even know about mixing. Like, what was your introduction? Like, I want to do this. So, yeah, I well, no, I never wanted to be a DJ. I never even thought of it in my life. I it was I, by accident. I um, I, w I was going to be a rock star. I was I was in a oh. I was in a I was a drummer in a band. God, I was fifteen. I knew you were a drummer. And, I was going to uh, ask gonna, you that later. We're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I you know back in the day, I um, I was in a band called Retrace the Steps, and we were an emo band, and nice. we had you know we just came out with our debut EP called The Perfect Treatment, and it was about how broken our hearts were. It was fucking awesome. Wow. Anyway. I needed money. I was broken a band. You know, I worked at this restaurant. I worked at, a, it was called the Buna Tavern where I was from. And I worked in this restaurant and I made salads. Uh, I was the salad guy because they had bomb salads. And I was on the salad station. And nice. um, they had a, it was a restaurant downstairs. They had a banquet upstairs of like a banquet hall. And they did uh, 1995 per person uh, weddings up there. It was a, it was a cool place. And uh, it was crazy. Like the owner, per person, like, like however many yeah. people came, you pay 20 more bucks. Correct. Okay. Correct. Per head with, with, with and include a champagne toast. They had a, they had a big sign outside. Yeah. It was, you know, it was an older spot. I don't know. You know it, 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 but yeah, so they did weddings Got up it. there and uh, it was funny. The owner would like, I would make this big salad. Right. And we would have to in a big bowl yeah. and then I bring it up and she'd be like, all right, is the salad ready? And then she would hand toss the salad. She would pull up her sleeves and just enter with her hands, just hand toss the salad. No. In front of me. I'm like, why are you doing this? I swear in my life. Can you imagine anyway, if, if someone put that on TikTok like nowadays, it would be go viral <laughs> oh my god oh my god the buildings would burn down anyway uh, but anyway that's not relevant so yeah. okay. um so they had a banquet hall upstairs and their house dj one of their main djs that worked there all the time right one yeah. day he came in he asked the owner he was like hey i need someone to help me out uh my assistant just quit i need someone to help roll wires whatever and she recommended me he was like hey man i, I went in for an interview at his house I'll never forget, went to his house. I was, like, kind of nervous. He was like, listen, you know, you, you think you could be a good DJ? I'm like, I don't know. But, like, I just wanted the job because it was $10 an hour, right, which was, like, double the minimum wage back then. It was right. 2003, I believe, or four. And 
And uh, so I'd make like 50, 60 bucks a day. And I just got to go to weddings and kind of hang out and whatever, you know, and then that's how I got into it. And then, so then I I started picking it up. The band ended up not working out. I don't know how we were, Oh God, we we, we were destined for, for fame, but it never worked out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, Now this is the part where we play the video from YouTube that we find of you guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, literally squeaky voices. Anyway, so band I'm not working out. I actually kind of fell in love with DJ then. You know, I, yeah. I watched it. I was like, oh, this is cool. And then he's like, you want to try on the mic? You know, I learned how to MC and stuff. And and I got into it. And you know, once I got over all the initial fears and all that, you know, and uh, and, uh, and I just got into it. And, and then he trained me. Uh, the guy who owned that company trained me from the ground up, you know, everything he knew. And then um, then I discovered mixing. And a big part of like a, like a, a – what turned it around for me was discovering DJ AM. I, um, he was the first DJ. I didn't know a lot about DJing the culture club or whatever. I just did the weddings. I was making my money and I, yeah. I, I kept it pushing. I got good at doing that. This guy's stick. He told, he taught me his stick. I did my, I had a line dance to everything. I had, I had a, a routine, you, you know, do a little dance, make a little love, get down, all that shit. Right. Ah, people ate it up. Yeah. I was, I was your grandma's favorite DJ. Got it. I discovered DJ AM one day and I'm like, oh my God, this fucking guy is playing a lot of the music I would play. Like, I'll never forget he did like uh, the watch me now into the twist into like, you know what I mean? And he's, but he's scratching and mixing it. It's like, what the fuck is this? So I started like diving in and really geeking out. And that's when I uh, realized that I can DJ a wedding and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and, but, but like mixed and like make it dope. I don't have, you know what I mean? And like, and then that's why I started moving to the mixing side and slowly stopped doing the line dance. And that's why I think like in, in the wedding industry, I kind of have a unique voice because like a lot of yeah. the people that hate line dances or hate interaction or all that and talk shit on it. Most of them never did it ever. They always thought it was stupid. Right. And they just talk shit on it. Yeah. I was all about it. And I was actually very good at it. Right. And then I evolved and realized that this is becoming less and less effective. And this other aspect, mixing and like, you know, scratching and all that is more effective and is what, what people want. And I evolved along the way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't just don't like it because it's not cool. I, I just I watched, you know, I, I evolved over the last 15 years or whatever. But, yeah, so totally. I discovered him and kept it moving. But, yeah, that's how I got into it by accident. Never thought about being a DJ in my whole life, but I'm glad uh I'm glad he hired me. Shout out to shout out to Charlie. Shout out I, I don't to know Charlie. Where I'd be. I'd probably, and I, I'd probably be a, a car salesman or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> shout out to Charlie. <laughs> shout out to the barehanded salad mixer. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, she. Oh, I'm telling you, rolled her sleeves right up. She was small too, so like the salad would go up above her elbows. It was hilarious. She was. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. That's incredible. But but exactly like you were saying with AM. I mean, there was something about him that he just hit every single mark uh, that would he didn't give could a get anybody into DJing. You know what I mean? Because same, I was more like, yo, I'm keeping it real. I'm playing underground hip hop and I'm in a hip hop group and I'll never go to a nightclub. That's like douchebags and it sucks, you know, and and weddings yeah. suck and all this yeah. stuff. And I remember, same thing, meeting him. I saw him, you know, got to do this private event with him. They brought him in. They said, we brought in this guy, DJ AM. I remember I was doing it. It was me and Steve Wonder. We were in Vegas, probably 2005. And 
Um, I don't think I'd ever been in Vegas DJing and we were in this convention center DJing for Bongo Jeans uh, clothing company. And I remember they, okay. I, think I they, remember those jeans. Yeah. They are. And Nicole Richie was the spokesperson at that time. And they brought God. me and they offered me and Steve, I think it was maybe 900 bucks and a hotel room at the Rio. And we were like, what? Let's go. We're balling out. And like, you know, yeah. took my Forerunner, Ford Explorer, whatever car we had, we jammed it with the speakers, eight crates of records, this new technology called Serato with the box just in case the records weren't work. You know, like, and we, yeah. we go out and we're, we're wow. I think we're DJing for four days for eight hours a day, and um, for split it probably four hundred and fifty bucks each. You know, it's just like we're just making our way at that point. Like we would DJ at Macy's while people would go shopping, you know, doing whatever we had to do at that point, DJing bars at night. And we're there and they go, yeah. Oh, Nicole Richie's boyfriend is this guy DJ AM. He's probably the biggest DJ in Vegas. And um he usually charges people five thousand dollars to DJ a set. And we got him for three thousand dollars. And I was like, what what? And I'm like, but were the guys doing this for the whole week? And we're getting like a few hundred bucks. Like, wait a second. I didn't even know that yeah, was yeah. possible. And then like Steve's like, no, you don't understand. This dude's like super dope. And you don't know him. I'm like, no, I honestly didn't know that much about him and anything. And I'd never met him. And I remember he came in and he DJed and changed my life. You know, he was on Serato. He was wow. on relative mode. We were on absolute mode. So we had been recording in our vinyl and I thought you had to drop the needle at yeah. the part in Serato. I didn't even know what relative mode was or a cue point was. This guy comes in. He has, oh, wow. he also had pre-made mashups. You know, he had like the like the Billy Jean drums with the Kill Bill whistle and, you know, things going over each other and pre-made and Crooklyn clan type shit. And I was like, what is this? And he's scratching it and he's mixing and he's doing all the things I love to do with scratching and DJing, but with mainstream stuff and girls are blinking their eyes and like, he's amazing. And all the event people are like, this is great. And that was similar, really big thing that just changed my outlook on everything, you know? And then a lot of things happened that day. And then we ended up going to see him at his club in LA, LAX. And I remember that night too, everybody's there, every celebrity ever and Paris Hilton and all the people you see on TV. And he's up there like, who cares? Doing, doing what you said, playing all the wedding ish, you know, every kind of song from new to this, that mixing to then goes into like a nineties yeah. hip hop set, like the shit that I really loved. And I'm like, and he still rocked it. And I'm like, how this person is unreal, you know? So same thing just changed my whole life. And then that day two two funny things is that day that I'm talking about is on YouTube. Like you can watch the video of Steve and I DJing the thing, this guy AM coming in, us meeting him, us going, whoa, this no guy's way. really good. Yeah, because we had a flip cam. I remember I had gotten a flip camera before we went there because there was no cell phone cameras. And I was like, yo, we got to yeah. film the whole thing with this flip cam. So the whole time we're just filming like, we out here, Vegas, bro. You know, just try to be cool. And, <laughs> yeah. and then he comes in. So little did we know we're filming the like most legendary things. He's doing all his routines in excess into Kiss, you know, Prince Kiss and the boo -da 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 -da. like I can't do, it, but the, you know, like all his legendary scratches, Oasis, the, the beat, all that, you know, and, and I, there's like a part in the video you hear Steve say to me, you, you can do that. You got that crab scratch. And I'm like, 
No, he's like one level different. Like I can kind of do that, but that's <laughs> crazy. And I was like, thank you for the support, Steve. I appreciate it. But, but damn son. So still yeah, the, still, still this day, I can't get that crap. Like, no. like, like he, he, if you watch it's there's like videos online, he finger. did it. He does it. Well, he does the crab, like the, 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 the that crab scratch he did. He does it with his middle finger. It's crazy. It's like a crab, and then he brings his middle finger back. And to me, it makes right. more sense with the pointer, but I still can't get it. I, I can't do it past, like, 95, 90, like, tops. I know. Like, and, and he could just do why. it. He was doing it on, you know, I remember he for did. For days. He like, did well, the, over 120 beats. Yeah, Justin insane. Timberlake. You know, do, 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 do. And he'd be doing it on, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Um, Let me love you. Or no, whatever. I, I can't think of anything right now. But the. Like I love you. Yeah, like I love you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was crazy. And then that randomly was some, you know, the DJ gods, like you said, were in the building at that point because he, I remember he came in, he uh, left, he um, saw that we had turntables and needles and Serato and everything. He goes, can I just use your stuff? Because I have to go back to the airport right after. So he used our stuff, but he had taken out his needles and forgotten them on the counter. And he had given me his business card too, because he like heard us DJ and thought we were okay or something. And his business card was pretty amazing because it had on the back of it was just a scanned in um, ticket from the police, like giving him a ticket, a citation for DJing some party and that they offered they were going to take his shit. I don't know. There's something about it. I wish I could find this business card still to this day, but it was a legendary. I was like, this is who has a business card. Like this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Wait, it was a picture. Yeah. It was like on one side was his information. And then the other side was just like a scanned in picture of that. He had like either gotten his equipment confiscated at a party that was too crazy. And it was the police ticket right, right up or something. Like, I don't know. I got to ask Steve, but but he had left me that card and then he he leaves and I was like, yo, that dude left his needles here. And so I remember I called him. I'm like, hey, this DJ Spider, I just met you. You left your needles. He's like, oh, shit. Um, I'm at the Vegas airport. I'm like, already? He's like, yeah, I went straight back. I got to DJ this John Varvatos store opening. Can you bring me the needles? And I'm like, who does this guy think he is? Bring me the needles. And then Steve's like, go bring him the needles. We're here eight hours DJing. It's the nightmare. Like, what are you doing? That's AM. Go do it. I'm like, okay. So I just like ran to the airport, meet him. And I had a copy of my mixtape and I was like, yo, whatever you do, just please listen to my mix and just let me know what you think. Yeah. And he was like, all right, I got you. And, uh, Gave him that. That was it. Figured I would never talk to him again. And then he hit me up and he's like, oh, I heard your mix. So dope. I want you to come to my club called LAX. I'm going to introduce you to somebody, um, this guy that DJs with me and and plays here. And he's one of the residents. And he's got every single Ultimate Beats and Breaks record um, all encoded into mp3 because at the time we had to record every single thing off record there was no way to get the mp3s really and uh so i go i walk in i meet this guy kevin scott um uh you know from direct music service and yeah me and steve are like blown away like this dude's killing it he opens the night then am goes on and it was like the big night but so so funny like that night just that whole thing just led to everything and then met kevin and then am and then they gave us a shot and then let me play at the club one time and it all just like you know turned into this whole crazy connection with all these people and Dexstar and being on it but um yeah so nuts so the dj gods they exist (laughs) 
I got I got fucking goosebumps. That's fucking insane. Dude, I'll send you the video. Oh, like, there's one of the most embarrassing it. moments in the video ever. Uh, it plays into a lot of the not being afraid to show real things on YouTube part um, <laughs> where, yeah. like, I, I was standing next to him and I was trying to figure out what he's doing. So, But I'm trying to be cool at the same time. So I'm just, like, looking like... <laughs> What's he yeah, doing? Like he's pushing one and then two, but it's like a cue point. It's going back to the beginning. And and so I'm like, I'm trying to get the courage to ask him. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him. So like I start to lean over and Nicole Richie comes in and with like right as I'm about to say something comes right between us and just kisses him. And they start like making out and I'm like this close to them with the mic. And so I immediately like back up and I'm like, do, 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 just like hanging out. Wasn't going to do nothing. Little do I know like Steve is across the room with the flip camera, like zoomed in like all the way onto my face. And so another one of, I can't hide the, what I'm thinking thing. So, Anytime anyone watches that video, they're like, oh, my God, dude, that part where she kisses him. You look so crazy and embarrassed. I'm like, that was truly how I felt. What am I going to do? I can't hide it. <laughs> I can't wait yeah, to see I gotta, this. I oh think you'll God. get a kick out of it. So, And there's just some classic AM moments, too. Like you said, get goosebumps. I watch it every time. I'm like, damn, dude. Like I didn't realize what we were witnessing at the moment. And and yeah. you never know what day is going to change your entire life because that day honestly changed my entire life. So not to make it's this true. about me, but you were talking really about is. your stuff. So I just thought it would be interesting. No, you know? it's so it. And dude, I love this shit. I was actually going to ask you about AM because I knew you knew him. And I'm like, you know, I, I, yeah, AM, AM died right before. AM died right before I turned 21 and that's all like that was the first like I I so I obviously discovered him and and then I was such a big fan of his and everything else and that's all like I was like I can't I'm gonna turn 21 I'm gonna go see him at dusk like I could finally see him and oh my god and I was just such a you know and that was the first time I I cried over a celebrity die like I that bro like I I turned 21 March of 2010 he died I think end of August this month like right on this time uh, in 2009 it was six months before and it was just like, so I never got to see him live. I never got to meet him. I never got to anything other than just listen to, you know, anything that's right. on, that was online. You Which know? is so, so incredible. that like, hearing stories. Yeah, there's people that, that were that affected by him and that influence and that never even were around him, which makes me feel like even I took so many things for granted and a lot of the people that were able to be about him, around him. Like even the first guest I had on this podcast was someone named Miles Beard and he's a super dope DJ, mm-hmm. um, producer, but he's, he's an A&R and he's a manager and I mean he helped you know Charlie Puth get his start and Alec Benjamin and Pink Sweats and he kills it I mean he's he's helped A&R some of the biggest hit songs to this day and like still doing it killing it and AM was one of his biggest influences and for a while I I never had realized that he is same as you he's a lot younger he had never seen him live and he has things on his wall you know starve the ego feed the soul like uh, uh, written so I do. Out. do you see this? No. Let, let me see. I'm going to full screen you. Hold on. It's blurry because of your dope camera. Right. But... Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Oh, okay. I can kind of make it out. Yeah, okay. Dope. Yes. I did, I, I did a wedding for this artist, and uh, uh, he's a really dope artist out of Philly, and uh, I had him do like an AM painting. I don't know. I just think that's all cool. I just, love you know, it. Yeah, but same The Holy Ghost thing. AM's yeah. in my office. No, I mean, me too. I got his shoes and all kinds of different things all around here. I mean, I have yeah. a ton of – I got a ton of his actual vinyl too, like after all that went down when they – 
They were wow. selling it all. So I have I have the ultimate uh the super duck brakes and all the stuff he used for those things like in my crates all around wow. here scattered around. But but like yeah, I mean, but it's crazy that Miles was so affected by him and so influenced by MU and people that never even met him. And it just makes me feel even luckier that I was able to be around him and and that he even took a liking to me. I mean, even as for as long as I, I knew him, um, I was still a little on edge talking to him and felt a little like, oh, God, is he going to think I'm whack? Even though somehow he like... I was one of the first DJs he brought in a deck star. He got me endless gigs, like so many things. But I still would be like, if he was like, I'm coming to see you tonight. I'd be like, shit. Like, I don't know. You know, like <laughs> so nervous. Yeah, you I know, like, too. oh my God. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Um, so, I mean, same. I remember Z Trip hitting me like, I'm coming to see you at this spot. And like, I was like, oh God, I'm going to die. And then Z Trip's like explanation of what he saw me do at this place was fucking hilarious too. <laughs> Just like describing me trying to handle promoters yelling at me and girls and confetti and things going everywhere and the shooting and the cryo and like all that. And he's like, it was like you were flying a 747, dude. I'm like, I know. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, the AM thing is just, um, yeah, he, he's, you know, he, he's a magical dude and, and, and funny enough, like, I mean, not funny, but like, interestingly enough, like he came to my wedding. I got married June 13th, 2009. And I remember I said, wow. Hey, uh, will you bring your, bring your bag, um, to maybe DJ? And he's like, ah, I don't want to. I'm like, okay. I was like, fuck you. No, I was like, um, you know, I asked every, so many DJs <laughs> yeah. came. I was like, everybody bring your bag. Like nobody ended up wanting to, like a few people did. I had four turntables set up and all that. But, um, but yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Like he came there and then within probably a couple months had passed away. It was such a crazy shock. Like I could not believe it. Wow. Yeah. So I kind yeah. of have that time frame. I look back at the wedding pictures, you know, and he's there and. Like you just never know, like what's what's gonna happen at at any time. That's crazy. He used to DJ my Sick. birthdays. Like he's the nicest dude. Like my birthday's right by Christmas, so like no one's ever around. And we'd be like, "Yo, we're going to this spot. Like nobody's here." And he'd be like, "I'll DJ." I'm like, "Okay." And then he'd be like, "I'm gonna do an all Miami bass set." I'm like, "Okay." So we just do whatever he wanted. <laughs> and I'm like, "This is like the best gift I've ever had in my life." But I'm like trying to play it cool at the same time. And yeah, oh my God. that's insane. Yeah. Just, I mean, Ugh. magical, magical dude. Like anybody that doesn't know that much, you know, go back, listen to his, those Elton mixes in itself are almost an example of like what we were talking about in the beginning of DJing the wedding uh, dinner part. You know what I mean? It's like those kind of mixes, you know? Yeah. It was very, very interesting. The biggest thing that breaks my heart, though, is like nowadays, you know, I've met and know and I'm friends with so many people who knew him. And so it's like I know if he was still alive, I definitely would have met him by now. I definitely would maybe even know him. You know what I mean? It just like breaks my heart. It's like, damn, you know, but. I know. We, we, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah I, I live vicariously through the stories. I love yes. the stories. I eat this shit up. Yeah, I appreciate oh my God. you. I got, I got, I got tons. Yeah, I wasn't of them. gonna bring it up. I was like, no, I'm annoyed. happy to tell it. I don't want to waste uh, your <laughs> podcast on my stories, yeah. but you know, I know DJs love <laughs> no, them, and cool. and it's um, yeah. I mean, Kevin Scott has some of the most incredible stories. Of course, I mean, they were so close, and um. Yeah, I, mean, I can imagine. Just from the from the radio, from him doing that Power 106 mix, and um, 
you know, how nervous he was before that. Like, it's crazy to hear because, you yeah, know, he didn't want to do it. Yeah. Like all that stuff, you know? So, um, yeah. RIP DJ AM. One of the, just still one of the greatest and so crazy to think about what he would be doing now as well, just in the DJ game and where you'd be. And, um, you know, I remember him talking about EDM stuff like back then, cause he was doing banana split, but he was talking about getting into that world. Like before any of us open format guys were even, playing house songs and like all that stuff. So crazy. Yeah. Like predicting it. Yeah, totally. He was always ahead of the curve. Um, but, um, yeah, crazy. So, so interesting. And, um, and that's, that's so cool. So did you have any other like influences and mentors in that world? I know I saw read about your stuff that you, you did go to scratch Academy in Philly and you live so close, you're in Jersey, but Jersey's so close to Philly, which a lot of people don't know. And some of the most amazing DJs in the world are in Philly. Um, and even AM had his roots in Philly. And of course, Jazzy Jeff and just so many Cosmo Baker. And, and I heard that, um, sat one was your teacher who he's one of the greatest DJs, yeah. uh, as well. And some, and producers, um, so are the, do you have any other mentors or influences from that side of things? For sure. Yeah. All that. Cause what, what I did, so, um, you know, I, I evolved or whatever, you know, and I, yeah. that was about maybe I think eight or nine years in at this point, maybe 10 years in. So I was solid. I was, you know, doing my thing at weddings, and everything else, but like, I really wanted to learn how to scratch and get it down. I'd watch the videos, you know, and it's just like, it's just one of those things I just didn't, yeah. I needed, um, I'm bad at, uh, at, uh, you know, I guess I was bad at practicing and all that. Like I needed to just put in the work and I just wasn't doing it, but like I needed like a reason to, and then yeah. anyway, I heard that I heard through the grapevine that they're opening up a scratch Academy in Philly. And I was literally the first person to inquire first person to even go in there. Like they, it wasn't nice. even set up yet. And I was their first student. I'm like, screw it. I'll go to this place. You know what I mean? And I'll just so soak up anything I can. And the cool thing about scratch Academy was like, they gave me homework assignments. So I had to practice. I had to get this stuff down, you know? So I worked with, so I guess my biggest mentor. So uh, it, it was sat one, taught me a lot like most of the stuff i also work with dj royale he's another dj out of philly super super nice guy really really good yeah DJ i love Jordan. royale and then, um, i mean i've played with him got- tons of times in philly oh, and i know okay. him and i follow him he's got great taste in music he's always trying to be a little yeah. bit different and he's he's got just the right yes. mindset for all this stuff and he's a dope dj yeah, yeah. So him and and then Cosmo Baker. And then when, when I was there, I just, you know, I didn't do DJ classes per se with Cosmo, mm-hmm. but Cosmo was like kind of like the big brother. Like yeah. he, he's, and still to this day, like, you know, I'll text, like we text each other every once in a while. Like he just, he always gave me good life advice, good, like, yeah. you know, just in general, you know what I mean? Like, and I just, I really utilize my time there. I just, any question I ever had about DJing, how does this work? How does this club work? How does it work when you do this kind of gig? How does right. it, da, da, da. and then, and then obviously the technical aspect. And I just, I grew so much and it gave me like a wider like perspective on like the whole DJ game in general. And then that's when I really started set, setting my sights on different things, you know, cause like I, 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 and now I understood it. I heard firsthand, you know, and, right. and then, you know, and you know, learning how to chirp and all that stuff helps. <laughs> it's very, yeah. you know, well, I mean, I, I heard you. And I learned how to practice. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Practice is a huge part of it. I mean, you can look at the videos all you want, but you're never going to learn unless you experience it. In the same way we were talking about earlier with the music and just do, going through playing songs that people want and seeing the reactions, you're never going to know fully until you do all that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. It's just treating, uh, you know, if like a DJ is listening to this and like they're trying to learn how to scratch, you got to understand that like scratching is just muscle memory. It's just treating it like a workout. You know, essentially it's just listening to yourself suck over and over and over again until one day mom chirping it just it's happening you know what i mean and you like it's it's literally that and so like once you figure that out and it works then like then you apply it to other stuff like i'm trying to figure out like how to get this boomerang to double time so i'm like slowly like oh you're getting advanced over over and over and oh yeah i could boom i can only boomerang single time though i can't get i can double time at like 55 bpms right now so like i'm not you know i it's not like the, the 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 more advanced like the boomerangs and shit they only sound good in an autobahn. They only sound good when you're like fast. If it's right. slower, it's like eh. yeah. But when but it's that's fast, how like, you get whoa. the like that's players, how you get the muscle you know? memory. I mean, I remember trying to learn certain scratches, and I would just do it a billion times over and over, slow, and then you start getting faster and faster. And it is the muscle memory thing. So you don't even think of it. Yeah, yeah, you don't even think of it. You could just do it. You know, that's when you can. You know, because yeah. well, that's nothing too. Because you you can do it at your house here, but then you go to take it out, and then you just shit the bed every time. Yeah. It's literally until you know it. Like you don't even have to think about it. Like totally. that's like the major. Like it's got to be beyond mastered for it to ever. You know, the, the yeah. most, I don't know, it's just some because when you're in front of a crowd, then you just, I don't know, I, I, at least for me, like I would just shit the bed no, every single course. time. There's so <laughs> much so different like, right. when the music's you know. loud, you're in front of a crowd, yeah. there's people talking to you, everything, it never comes out the way you want it to or the way yeah. you, you're envisioning in your head. So uh, that's why that, it's just like an athlete. Like that's why the muscle memory, you have to keep shooting the three pointers or whatever it is, you know, the thing you want to do all the time. Mm. Um, and I think you have a, an interesting approach because I was listening that you got on turntables and started scratching like around probably what, five or more years into your DJ career or maybe even longer. Way longer. I got my first pair of turntables, I oh yeah, so I started out um with CDs and then I moved to shitty uh I had PC DJ that was the first DJ program I had uh with a DAC two you know what I mean if anybody knows what that is big eighteen inch uh twenty one inch whatever rain mixer like all that and then yeah. and then I moved on to just shitty controllers and all that and then twenty fuck what year was it twenty maybe twenty sixteen I want to say I think it was twenty so maybe two five years ago. 2016, I went to the DJ Expo, which is happening right now, coincidentally, in, in AC, and I got a good deal on a set of turntables. And I'm like, you know what? Let me try to shit out. I got myself a little Denon. Denon made these. Uh, it wasn't. It was like the Denon's version of like the SL2 box or whatever. Yeah. I, I got that box. You know, I got the whole setup, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna try to. You know, I got needles, everything. And I almost quit. I almost, I almost didn't do it at all. Like I remember trying to mix on them, and I'm like, this is so much harder. Fuck this, right? And I was literally thinking about not using them like this fucking sucks you know what i mean yeah. but i was like you know let me get the really because the vanity portion i was curious i'm going to try it out obviously a i'm always seeing him and everybody and 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 yeah. then um you know and whatnot and this was before i went to scratch academy but then i you know i got used to it and i and i actually and i, I fell in love with turntables i think and it's all i use i literally use turntables 100 percent of everything and then i end up going to scratch academy and then doing all that and you know that's kind of so i got into it late you know i i got i got them late but i just fell in love i love the control and and everything else and i always when I started, um, you know, making content and started putting myself out there, you know, I never wanted to like, I wanted to back up my shit talking, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 uh, I, I, there's a lot of 
people that, you know, in, in life that'll put content out, but then you, you dig a little deeper. It's like, bitch, you suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not even fucking good. I mean, right. it's what it is. I'm like, you know, you, you, we all know, I'm sure someone popped into your head just now, spider. Okay. There, there, there's people. No so comment. to me, I <laughs> yes, always, of course. I always wanted to focus and really, really lose, like zone it. Like, like I want to be good. You know what I mean? I yeah. want to back it up. I want to, I, I, you know, like, like I, the, I don't want to, you can't say it you down. Know, so that's why I, you know, no, I know what you mean. That's what I love about your videos, honestly, because they're very straightforward to the point. You're very realistic about everything you're talking about. You exp- it's not click baity where you got to watch you talk about some bullshit for eight minutes before you actually tell them nothing at the end or whatever it is. You're telling the truth. You could tell you're telling the truth and you're explaining what you know, what you don't know, why you thought this, what happened in the past. And I think that's so important. That's like just from trying to learn more video stuff on Twitch and all these different things and OBS, it's hard because through that world, I found all these self-help people that were making videos. And you could tell that there's only two or three of them that actually know what they're doing. The rest of them are trying to get clicks and get Mm -hmm. the money and actually can't back it up. And I think in the DJ world, more and more and more, that's popping up. Oh, shit, I can just make videos and do self-help things and seminars and do different things to get people to pay me. And they won't really know that I don't really work that much or I don't know what I'm doing, you know. And I think your stuff is very transparent in that respect and is why it seems to be growing very quickly because you're just like, look, if it sucks, it sucks. If it's good, it's good. And if I don't know something, I'm going to tell you. If I do, I do. This is why I do it. You know, it's just straight, straightforward. And and practice what you preach. Practice what you preach. And it was interesting, honestly, because I come from a little bit of an older school world where we were all on vinyl and that's all we knew. And this new thing called Serato came out and CD players came out like, and so to hear that you went the opposite way and then, but you still have the, the respect for it and you still want to practice and you still have the passion for it. And then you got it and you hated it and you wanted to quit. You wanted to sell it. And then you had this breakthrough. Like it's really cool to hear that things could happen in a mirrored way and it can still have the same passion or the same, same love for it and want to practice the same, even though it didn't come from the same place. And that's why I think people shouldn't judge other people on the surface of like when they started or what they use or how it is. Like, you know, we're all, it just proves everybody has their own path. And it can all end up in a similar place, but you just have to trust what's going on and don't be afraid to be yourself and be honest. Yeah. And it's what works best for you. You know, yeah. I, I'm working on all vinyl set now. I, I'm, I want to really master like mixing all vinyl and like, yeah. you see those, uh, those crazy, uh, the Zodiac mixes. Um, oh what's my his God. Name? Uh, DJ Newmark. Um, Newmark, yeah. yeah. Oh, my, he's so good. Like, it's like it's so mind blowing. It's so beyond. Like, I mean, he's putting a toy on yeah. with a thing and a tape player, and it's going. And four turntables stacked up and up and down. And I gotta watch it four thousand times. I send it to everybody. He's the yeah. best. So that's a new challenge for me. You know, like I'm working on that now behind the scenes and figure. Yeah. You know, and I want to do. You know, I just want to. You know, I want to say I can do it. You know, yeah. say I. You know, practice what I pre. And you know, and I just it's it's fun. You know, it's just yeah. a fun thing to do. You know, a lot of people say, well, why? I hear all the time, why do you use turntables? They're heavy. 
they're they're a pain in the ass to set up. Just bring a controller. What's the matter with you? And it's just like it's like number one, it's more fun to use turntables. I just personally like it. It's my personal preference. I like turntables better. I genuinely do. It, yeah. the, the number one, that's why. Number two, it is a cool vanity thing, and people look at turntables like, whoa, that's crazy. You know what I mean? There's always at least one old guy at the wedding. Like, so how yeah. does this work? I, I don't understand here. You know what I mean? What, you know, right? So it's you know, and and you figure out ways to to make it work. You know, we all use furniture, so like everything's built in, so it's easy. I don't have to set it up every time. I just pop the furniture down plug it in you know yeah so, but um but yeah i don't know, it's just I, i'll never give i don't think i can ever give them up i, I turn it's funny as hell because i didn't grow up like like you and you know like the ogs grew up but like i'm such a purist it's not even funny like i i the rain 12s came out i was just like hm, i don't know yeah like you know what I mean? the rain one fuck that thing <laughs> <laughs> i saw you made that video that's so funny um <laughs> No, I mean no. It's cool. I, I mess with it just now. I don't have it. Week. I don't uh, have you know, it. it's it's cool. It, it just doesn't have effects. That's what it's crooked and doesn't have effects. But um, but yeah, but even that's you know, what I mean, I'm literally a purist. I literally turn my nose to this stuff. Yeah. And like, I, I remember thinking to myself afterwards, I'm like, Nick, who the fuck are you? You just started using turntables yesterday, and now like a Rain Twelve comes out, and you're like, it's not the same. Like who? Like you're you're four years old. <laughs> You know, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I just, this is why. I think. No, I think you, uh, the, what you said is a good explanation for it. And also you've, um, you're, you had a more in-depth video on your YouTube that explains it. And I think it's, it's good. And it's to, to each their own. You're not saying anything bad about the people that do it. And like I, the past two gigs I did, I think I used CDJs. One, because it was like this house music thing and everyone was using it. And I felt like the old guy, mm -hmm. like coming in with Serato, they're all coming in with their little stick. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm like back in my day, we used a laptop, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They're record box sticks. Yeah. They're like, Oh bro, I'm just bringing a stick. I'm like, Oh fuck. Okay. I got to learn this. So that's actually what I've been working on. Like transferring all my stuff to record box. I've been in my room late at night, learning to do sets on full record box. Like, and actually, wow, that's been I really fun. That. That's been super inspirational yeah. and fun. I mean, to the point where I was like, I'm going to, you know, do this for a few minutes. And then I look, I'm like, it's three in the morning. Like, I just spent three hours DJing for fun in my room because of Rekordbox. Because, that's the best, though. Yeah, and no, yeah. obviously, I'm full Serato, and I love Serato. But, but it was so fun. Like, I'm learning. And I've had these CDJs for a long time, and I didn't even know any of these functions. So... Um, thankfully like pioneer is here and shout to drew from pioneer. He is the man. And I became friends with him over this pandemic. So he is going to teach me. I'm going to have a full in-depth lesson tomorrow on how to use the CDJ three thousands and how to do record box wow. and get every in and out, like to be ready to go. Cause I want to be able to go to Vegas. And if my computer overheats, be like, you know what? I am confident enough to pop in this stick and just, kill it the same way I can, um, on the other, on the other stuff. And I did that thing where I had a ton of problems. And so it helped me realize the errors of my ways. Like, Oh shit, don't push that when you're live and don't do this. And Oh God, I pulled it out and you know, and all that different stuff. So record box is a you whole nother beast to learn and have fun with in the same way you're learning vinyl, you know? Yeah, it's complicated, and you're yes. not lying. I need to learn. I need to do the same thing because I, I I played uh, I played on CDJ three thousands and the new nine hundred whatever in Chicago. Like it was like a month ago or so. Yeah, and I literally I put my, I was like I got club kit. Everything would be fine. No, nothing was working. Me I'm too. like ah ah. That's what happened to me out. Sunday. I yeah. I look like an idiot. I was like, never again. Uh, <laughs> I felt so stupid. Yeah. So then, then, then I'm in my head. So then I start my set. I'm like, I already sucked before I even started. So now, like, you know, it just, I don't know. It's just such a, 
you know, you get in your head. Oh my <laughs> god, that, that's one kid. of the biggest challenges as a DJ is to not is is battling yourself and your own mental blocks and sabotaging yourself business wise and your set wise, like yeah. all that. You got to be confident enough to ask for the numbers and to you know the high number that you want and to be able to have fall down and get back up mid DJ set and that stuff's critical and something something to work on that people don't realize until they're in in the mix but yeah the, the you know what um, helps though yeah let me know you know what helps yeah. uh you gotta you gotta find a sentence and you just repeat it to yourself i learned this from my girl my girl does this there's a um okay uh there's a meme or something and and my girl when, when she's struggling at work or whatever you know what i mean like she's doing some shit she just she just beats her so she's like bitch you're doing a good job bitch you're doing a good job <laughs> bitch you're doing a good job just over and over so i'll just i start saying that shit to myself bitch you're doing a good job Bitch, you're doing a good job. And it helps. It just helps. It's like it's like self-love. You know, you just got to repeat something. That's great. No, it's true. That's what meditation's based on, mantras. You know what I mean? You, you, you focus. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, like my wife is like really big into transcendental meditation. And she's like like very deep in that world and got me into it. And yeah. my family has done it too and all this other Buddhist meditation, all these things. So I've learned about it through my life. And it's all based. It's, yeah. That's it. You know, you get a mantra and you repeat it over and over and over until you're almost hypnotizing yourself and focusing your brain. And it's almost like a workout for your brain. So, like, that's what I tell people, like, meditation is, like, oh, shit. it's, like, it's not, like, okay, you will now relax and chill and, like, because people are, like, my brain's too crazy for it. I'm, like, that's who it's good for because... It, in the same way, like you can't pick something up until you work out a bunch of times and then you're like, my arms are stronger. Now I can do it. Your brain can't do it until you keep training it. And it gets it to a place where it knows how to deal with distractions and crazy things coming to you. And it almost builds up a force field because it's that repeating thing. And so it's, so if you practice like 20 minutes a day doing this mantra, whatever your thing is, if it's bitch, I do a good job or whatever the thing is, <laughs> you know, that that's your like superpower, like um, shield from all of the distractions and anxieties and horrible things that are going to try to attack your brain and let you be on that straight path. Like, I'm pushing through. So, you know, I think it's, you're tapping into ancient times with that. <laughs> Who would have thought? You know, She's on to something, she huh? She is, yeah. Uh, no, because that's, that's, that's like a, you know, that's that's what it's all about, you know, and that's, you're supposed to be able to like practice that and then come out and have a strong mental, you know, capacity and be able to do things and not get affected yeah. in your moods as much and like all that stuff, so... I've never heard anyone use the bitch. I'm doing a good job, but that might be uh, something I have to bring into my repertoire. <laughs> Whoever works to you, you know. Whoever works as for you. As long as you like calling <laughs> yourself a bitch, then uh, you know, it's a powerful <laughs> bitch. You have to. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I want to talk. You know, we've been. I don't want to. Sometimes these podcasts go on and on, and, and um, I love talking. Both of us love talking, so I think we could go forever. But I don't want to um, yeah, gloss no. over the Beat Source playlist too much because I know we talked about them. But um, I just wanted to dig into like your process on them, like, um, and had a couple questions. So, so you you like I said before, create all of the wedding based curated playlists for beat source and um for people that don't totally understand 
if you're a subscriber of BeatSource, you'd be able to go on and save your playlist to their library. It would instantly show up in whatever DJ software that's compatible, Serato, Rekordbox, all that stuff, Tractor, or the hardware that's compatible with it. And um, mm. then you could also take what you did and adjust it to your own taste and all that stuff. Um, so I was just wondering, like, how often are they updated? Uh, I guess we can start with that. How often are they updated? And then I had a few other questions. Uh, every some are once a week, some are once a month. Okay. It just basically at least once a month. But uh, I, as I literally, as I'm doing my own weddings, and oh, I forgot about this song right. or this song banged this weekend. I'm gonna reincorporate this or this new song came out. Then I, you know, I, I, I as I update my own crates, I update the B source stuff. So often, right? Often. Okay. And now that we have the intros and the transitions, I noticed that you have those in there yep. in a lot of them too, which I feel like is game changer. I mean, obviously game changers for the whole it's DJ game, but especially for you creating these wedding playlists, it probably was a little bit tough in the beginning because we didn't have access to some songs that you were, are very beneficial to have intros or transitions for. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's lit and we're going to be able to make, uh, we have the rights to like make for virtually like make these, uh, edits for anything. So, um, I'm going to be able to request them so I can say, Hey, listen, this would be really cool if we had to edit for this, 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 as they make edits in general, they're doing all kinds of crazy rock edits now and all this stuff and they're uploading all this. So I'm going to be adding them and, and, uh, that's going to change the game too. Like there's a lot of edits that are on beat source. I'm like, wow, I wish like, I didn't have this, like, you know what I mean? I'm using it now. So yeah. That's so cool. And um, and now they've upped the locker, to too, you know, to like 1,000 songs, which is a big game changer as well if people were worried about not having enough room to do it. Um, and then, like, I saw you explain you did this video. If people want to really dig into it, they can check your YouTube, and you did probably like an eight- or nine-minute video on BeatSource and all the things. But what are some of the reasons um, – that you think that beat source is the future or that you like using it because I felt like some of your points in that video were introspective and cool and they don't seem forced uh, at all. Yeah, it, it's definitely the future. I mean, it's it's like I think it's like when Serato came out, like level type of change, you know, and it's it's making waves and it's going to take a little time to adapt. But uh, there's a lot of different ways you can use BeatSource, and I think number one, you got to understand that yeah, the younger generation of people, you know, DJs coming up, you know, they they they've lived their whole lives streaming music on demand yeah. on their phone, Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff, right? They never had to own. They're not used to owning records. They're not used to owning music at all. They right. stream it, and that's it. That's how they consume music. So. So naturally, if you become a DJ, if you're 15 right now, 16, you become a DJ, you're not going to think about having a library. You're just going to stream your music. So yeah. it's literally just going to be the future in that aspect. And then use a locker if you don't have internet and all that stuff. The other way too, though, is like if for me and like all of us have been DJing, we all have libraries that, you know, we all have our coveted libraries that we've built our whole lives. No reason to get rid of our library, obviously, but yeah. use BeatSource as a supplement to that you know so if there's a totally. song if i get requests if i get a song request like for a couple songs for like events this weekend these are songs that like i don't want to have in my library necessarily i don't really like them i'm just going to play them for this event and keep it pushing then i'll bring them i'll take them from beat source i'll put them in my locker and i can use it from beat source and bam i don't have to buy it i don't have to download it nothing to, to have access to you have that oh shit moment you know bride comes up to you in the middle of the wedding hey can you play this so and so and you don't have the track you just search it on beat source and stream it right there saves your ass in that way right you know what i mean and then just have Having access 
to these like the, all these playlists are really great. Like not mine, like not mine. I mean mine, but like everything on B Source. We have our curators are crazy. Yeah, like, they, they, they are so doing, good. All these sure. playlists are they're ridiculous. So like anything you know, anything you want to learn more about, or if you need more ideas, or maybe you just you, you're streaming on Twitch and shit's getting stale. You got it happens to me all the time. It's like man, I don't want to. I feel like I played this shit all the time. I need new shit to play on Twitch. Yeah. Go go grab the 20 playlists at this podcast. Yes. Go grab it. There's all kinds of stuff that you could just grab, dump on there. And now you got all this stuff and it's just, it's great. Like the, 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 the essence to DJing is playing different shit, playing a new song that you haven't played yet or haven't played in a long time. You get that new ooh from the crowd. You know, you play, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, yes. It's like the most delicious, like a bottle it up and just chug it. Like it's the most great feeling yes. in the world. You know what I mean? Like, that high like that's where it comes from if you're if you're listening to this okay or you're watching this and you're getting and you're stale djing staled you it's a job you're bored you don't like it anymore you just do it for the paycheck oh i got another wedding this weekend whatever and you dread it i can almost guarantee with 99.999 percent certainty that you play the same fucking shit at every single wedding and that is why it's staled you because yeah. it's the same shit over and over and over again and so like having a resource like beat source with hundreds of playlists and all this shit it just opens up a whole new world like they're doing the work for you like we're you know what I mean and and that's what can freshen up your sets and really you know give you a love bring the love of DJing back you know and I really think it's I don't know I think it's the greatest thing ever and it's so cheap and it's just, I don't know it just makes sense and I'm not and it's not because I work for him you know yeah. I I got the great opportunity but like I literally would be saying the same shit if I didn't work for I, I don't but like if something sucks I'm gonna say it sucks I really will I so. agree that's what I try to tell people I mean um uh, yeah those are all great points here let's hit him with the blood out that's what that's what we hit him with the blood out <laughs> that was straight to the point there we go <laughs> Um, that, that was a great explanation and yeah, I agree. So go play with the people. Cause same thing I'll tap in. Oh, Afrobeats essentials or Afrobeat new picks or some other yeah. things or even old school hip hop. Oh damn. They got this and the acapella of this or instrumental. I can just mess around and it, it brings back some of those inspiration things and you don't have to go through the process of the downloading and the stuff. And, uh, that'll just slowly be like, okay, I'm tired. I don't want to look through my stuff anymore. So I think that's great, great perspective on it. Um, and you said also the DJ Expo is happening right now, right? So last night I saw there was Twitch mm -hmm. Twitch Talk or something, um, and tonight is yeah. another event. Um, how has the DJ Expo been? Is it different this year at all because of COVID? Is uh, like good, bad? What what's it been like? They're having at the Hard Rock, so it's definitely by far the best casino, in my opinion, the best casino uh, in Atlantic City, and it's brand new, and it's also the best for that conference because it's like so music influenced there's yeah. such a vibe in there and you know how like hard rock will have like you know elvis's rolls royce and like all this crazy it's like a museum and yeah. a casino and a you know so it's it's the best possible venue so that was like a big plus um the exhibit seemed a little smaller this year but uh you know uh but a good amount of people uh you know a lot of the seminars were good and stuff like that it's more like an expo show is more local. Like I feel like a lot of you West Coast guys won't go. Like I think it's like really just like in the Northeast no. and yeah. The and only a few time I went, people from around. I didn't right? even go. I got booked to DJ like an after party thing, and then I, but I never even went to the actual expo thing. 
Um, if I lived there, I for sure would. I feel like Nam is like our thing that we all go to because it's here. Um, I always tend yeah. to miss it because I randomly have some other event that happens every year at the same time. But um, but yeah, and this oh, year is somewhat Nam. weird. Yeah, Nam Nam's fun, but it's crazy. It's like you know, a lot of just yeah, it's nuts. I, I went in 2020, and yeah. I, I swear I caught the coronavirus there. Did you get <laughs> super was, sick after? They called it. They called it Namthrax, but I'm telling you, it was the Corona. Yeah, like 103.5 fever, coughing. I'm like coughing on the airplane, <sighs> like just straight up, just covering oh my, my mouth. Everyone's you, looking at you me. You spread like, oh it from God, Anaheim to Jersey. <laughs> I am literally one of the original spread, super spreaders. <laughs> Your probably. patient I don't know. zero. I, we didn't even like, probably because in January nobody even knew. You know what I mean? I no, know. Like, it wasn't even. It was like they were talking about it, but it wasn't too crazy yet yeah. until February. No, I know people too. So, like, I know. I wasn't yeah, my uh, Mr. Time, Best. I, you know, I do a lot of events but, with him, and he's like, I swear, I had it in January yeah. or February. A lot of people. Um, I think it was going around. So who knows? It's so so nuts, dude. And I'm sure that affected things yep. this year, even though we're supposedly somewhat bit, through, yeah. but. It's hard. Like I still haven't been traveling places, and and DJ b- clubs aren't booking DJs as much yet, and it's still kind of. I think I think coming. that's why they dialed it back. So I don't, you know, I I think yeah, th- yeah, that's probably why they dialed things back a little bit was because of all that. But I mean, who knows? But moral of the story is, if you guys ever go to Nam, um, make sure you supplement zinc and vitamin D and all that shit for like two months before, oh because uh, yeah, you know, you you you're one spot with fifty thousand people from around the world. You're, you're gonna catch some ish. You're gonna catch some ish. That's the Nam Thrax is a real thing. That's Holy what I'm shit. worried about going to these. Hard. I know the things that are even happening now. I'm like, oh god, like what's going to happen we're just all bound to catch COVID at this point <laughs> it's like please no that's it um that's it <laughs> all right well let's see um we uh i have tons of questions for you but i do want to move on to some of the um internet questions because we had some great people write in okay. some things i don't i didn't um pre-screen them so uh let's see what happens um we got uh, the first person. I don't think it's a question. Party Springs. They just said, do business, not the basic stuff. Is that from one of your streams or something? <laughs> or that's wait, just there. Someone said, do business, not the basic stuff? Yeah. Party what Springs. Party uh, Springs. Okay. I thought maybe that'd be like some no inside joke, but that's just someone writing a. It sounds it, but no, nah, I'm not. A, <laughs> do business. Party Springs. No we don't clubs, know what you're no. talking about. Okay. We're doing business. Sorry, man. There's nothing basic here, Party <laughs> Springs. Um, yeah. Hey, take that. Okay. We got DJ Celos, DJ underscore Celos. Uh, will he underestimate? Oh, the next child that requests music. <laughs> okay. So they've seen your. Will you underestimate the next Under- child that that requests music? Yeah, I, I will say the next the next nine year old that comes up to me, I'm gonna have my guard up a little bit. I'm gonna yeah. I feel bad for the next nine year old. I'm like, what do you what do you want? Oh, okay, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I got I got a grudge against nine year olds now. Yeah. Um, all right, VDJ Cody K O D I says, um, does he ever get in trouble with SCE for some of his opinions on his show? Never, not once. I, you know, um, 
all my opinions, like let's say I talk shit on like a line dance or something like that, all that does is just like filter my clients. I'm sure there, I'm sure yeah. there's plenty of, uh, you know, the right. couples that uh, you know hear see a video or see something I do and are turned off or kind of like, oh, right. I don't want him, and that's a good thing because I probably wasn't the right DJ for them, and then vice versa. So I, mo- most of my clients have seen my videos and they agree with my opinions. That's why they hired me. So you know, it just it makes for so, and and, and therefore all my weddings are generally like like great and it's yeah. perfect and I enjoy myself because it's the right client and we have we have so many different DJs at SC where like you know I might not be the right fit but maybe one of our other guys are right. you know what I mean we all have different styles and different ways of doing th- so you know I, I don't think it really affects much and 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 Janai uh, doesn't really micromanage like he's you know and that's why I really like about working with him and stuff it's more we we're ran more like a booking agency you know they, they book us and as long as we crush our events and keep it pushing you know there's yeah. no uh, you know we don't, we don't really you know, there's no, uh, yeah, no micromanagement. Also, you know, that so. emphasizes the, again, be yourself. Don't be afraid to speak your mind and tell the truth because it's going to lead to better things in your life than trying to pretend like you're not something being in situations you don't want to be in. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Exactly. DJ Ryan Vandal wants to know if you could do a walkthrough of your whole wedding setup, breakdown, equipment, etc. Um, it's up to you. That sounds yeah. pretty big, but, <laughs> um, yeah. I've been thinking of a way to, way to do this. Like I, there, there, it's been for a long time. I want to do like behind the scenes and all that. And I don't know if I want to make it into one video. If I don't know if I want to make it into four videos. I don't know if I try and make it to one video. It's going to be like four hours long. I, 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 I gotta, I'm, it's definitely in the works. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking of ways to do it. And uh, I'm just, you know, once I find the right play and, uh, and all that, I'll definitely walk it through. There's a lot of ideas I have that uh, are coming soon. Coming okay, soon. so so, and what's your YouTube, uh, the official thing they can subscribe to? I think it's a uh, YouTube.com slash Nick Spinelli. Okay, I didn't know if it was so DJ right Nick up. Spinelli because that's uh, your other Instagram. No, is that? No, yeah, that's because some 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 thirteen year old brat took my at name and doesn't even use it. His name's Nick Spinelli. He took at Nick Spinelli. Don't you know he doesn't even use it? He has another one. I I stalked him down. I found him. I'm like, bro, you need to release this. Like, help me out. And okay, I've had I've had the name Nick Spinelli wow. longer than you. He said he would. He never did. He's oh, like this God. chubby faced kid. If you go on Instagram and look up at Nick Spinelli, you'll see him. Okay. It's one post from 2013. Hasn't done shit since. Sorry, you brought up a tough. Okay, I hate okay. that. It's DJ okay. Nick Spinelli. <laughs> Interesting. All right. No, I'm with you. I, I, I got some I can't change myself to. So, but uh, I just want to make sure people could find your YouTube. Um, all right. Let's see. Yeah, no, uh, QA Entertainment says make of his DJ furniture. I assume that means you have this really dope looking booth that you seem to that you put in a lot of your pictures. That seems like it's a custom made yeah. booth or or is that a pre done one that you can hoverboard? Buy? What is it? No, it's from Germany. It's a it's a company called Hoerboard from Germany. H O E R Board. Okay. Um, and uh, this guy David makes them out of Germany. Uh, it's a small company, but uh, they they make each and every piece of furniture with love. And I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of stuff. It's great. It looks perfect. Has I've seen the back view, or it looks like a place to put your mic and all that. It seems like it's really thought out, and also like looks really cool at the party. It is cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. I like, and I like the wood and it's like real wood. It's like the special wood that only comes from like out there. You can't get it in America, you know, and right. it's like a, I what it's called, but it's cool. It's just like, it's, it's classy. I'm a fan. I'm, I'm going to get a new, another one soon. I yeah. believe. Great. Um, DJ drew music hits us with two questions. One is, does Nick have a mentor and what kind of hair products does he use? <laughs> 
What is my hair product? I forget. I use a well. I use a dry paste. I like the drier look. I, I don't like the wet. I'm not a gel guy. I'm I'm more like so. It's like a like a like a paste. I forget okay. the name of it. To be honest, random. Uh, mentor. I. Uh, so as a mentor, someone like I know personally, right? It can't be someone like, well, because we, we talked about, I mean, you know, yeah. like AM was a big inspiration to me, but I didn't know him. Uh, but uh, uh, the, who, there's so many. I mean, you know, I mean, Jason Janai and yeah. Jeff Scott Gold are big mentors to me. Right. Uh, um, uh, that one, like Joe and then Cosmo and they're, they're, they've always been big mentors yeah. to me. And uh, uh, who else? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and I follow Gary V outside of this. I, I think I think Gary V does a uh, great shit. Yeah, and, I um, agree. He kind of he kind of helps my social media end of things and help me like you know build all that stuff up. So, are you like? Did you buy his NFT? Are you that deep in it? No, I didn't get his. <laughs> I didn't get it. I I I, uh, I, I missed it. I, I thought about it though, and I was like, <laughs> I'm looking into that. I don't know a lot about NFTs. It's such an interesting thing, and I'm like it's I'm crazy. I'm, I'm kind of diving in. I think this is gonna. It's definitely one of those things where like I'm gonna be pissed in ten years that I never did it. And, I know. You know. There's so many times I could have made mad money and I I didn't pull the trigger yeah. and. I hate my life now. <laughs> looting Bitcoin, looting Bitcoin. I'm like a thousand of Bitcoin. Fuck this. Oh my God. Yeah. And now sure it's like $46,000, right? As we're talking, it's like nuts. I know all that is, it's yeah. a lot of crazy stuff. Um, I know, but um, I know Gary V's dope. I, I, I'm into him too. Um, all right. Mario says, is he sponsored by RCF yet? Yes and no. I mean, did we sign official paperwork? No, but I am an RCF artist. I do have a very good relationship with RCF. When they come out with new products, they send them to me. I make videos. Um, I don't have nice. to pay for RCF products. Great. They hook me up. And um, and yeah, so, you know, it's not like on paper, but yeah, I'm, I'm that, yeah, I was, yeah. Right. Yes. Yes, I am. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, Yes, is the answer. Um, all right, we got two more two more questions in there, uh, at least from when I screenshotted it a couple hours ago. Uh, we got my man, Gizep. Um, He says, does he like mortadella? Does he hit up the antipasto tray during cocktail hour? So we've got that's some food pressure going on. So I used to. I'm a big mortadella fan. I love the prosciutto. I love the mozzarella, the warm. Like some of these venues out here got the warm mozzarella where you put it on the plate and it melts down on the plate. Oh, God. Never so had the greatest shit you ever have in your life. But one of I'm Italian and, and one of the biggest killers of our people are heart attacks. And I'm, 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 I'm trying to cut out the lunch meats because uh, they say uh, it's not good for my ticker. And uh uh yeah so okay i don't want to i don't want to go down in the in, in the middle of a gig one day <laughs> nah, don't want that especially just yeah mortadella is good but i don't know if it's that good that you should get a heart attack from it um exactly. and uh let's finish it off with um an interesting question from nikki Cretella: how to deal with girlfriends who aren't okay with you djing but still go with it <laughs> Wow! Uh, whoa, that's that's loaded because like, Doctor Phil. I need context. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we need context. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, I've actually been in that situation before. Yeah, you know, I mean, the short answer is dump them. Uh, but the, I, uh, the, I'm with you. But it, but there's a lot of there's a lot of con. You know, it just depends. Yeah, uh, of course. But, 
you need someone, and it's rare, you know, the, you, when you find them, put a ring on it because you need someone that's going to be supportive of the whole thing. There's a lot of aspects to the totally. industry and what we do that uh, that can, can conflict with a relationship. Late hours, we don't work normal times. You know, most people have a nine to five, whatever. We don't work normal hours and, you know, uh, yeah. just being at events and, you know, it, there's so many things. So, like, you know, it's – you try your best and if they, if they just never, you know, if, if it never would try, you know, put, put your best foot forward and try and make it work. But like, if they never, you know, if it just keeps coming up, keeps coming up, keeps coming up, then, you know, then yeah. you got to do what you got to do. You got to make a decision, you know? So, yes, I've, I've been I there know. and I, thing. I agree with you. Um, so it, it's never mm-hmm. going to get better unless somehow she says, you know, that and it can go both ways. I mean, you know, I we have right. we have a lot of women DJs listening. I, I hope, uh, and I mean, it could be the same thing. If you got some controlling boyfriend or husband that doesn't want you to do your thing, sure, and you want to be a DJ, do that. Don't worry about. You know what I mean? Don't. You got to follow your dreams. You're going to be unhappy later. So, um, you know, just make that decision, it, like you said. Yeah, I agree. And a big part of the aspect, like being a club guy, you know, if you want to make it in clubs and all that stuff is going out and networking yeah. and just being, you know, being out and getting, knowing like, so like that's tough too, you know? So right. you got to, it's just, it's a tough thing. That's what I mean. When you, when you, when you find the one that's cool with 100%. it, put a ring on Yeah. It. My just wife is down. like cool. Lock with that being, shit yeah, down. I agree. <laughs> like my wife's cool with being independent, pushes me to go out to those things. Even when I don't want to is somewhat more excited about things sometimes when they come to me than I am. You know what I mean? Even like, even when I got asked to go mm-hmm. on the Blink-182 tour, like our kid was four years old and they offered me, they said, look, you could That's go, so you could go, uh, it's three and a half month tour. You're not going to be able to go home, but you could do half the tour, go home, then do another part. And I said, okay, I'll probably do that because, you know, my wife's not going to want me to leave with the kid for three and a half months. That's insane. And uh, I asked her and she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, go the whole time. I and mean, maybe she just wanted me to get out of the house and not be around. But <laughs> she was like, go, you know, like you have to do this, the whole thing. This is amazing. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you want someone like that that's pushing you to do the things that believes in you the most and is not threatened by these things. And if you have to stay up till two in the morning, you know, do going through songs for that wedding or for that gig or whatever it is, they're cool with it. They're not like, what are you doing? Why are you looking at your stuff? You know, like obviously you got to give them respect and give them time, be there for them. And I've had to figure it out with now having a kid and trying to balance it all. It's very hard, but, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Put a ring on it. Yeah. It's so cool. It's it's so crucial. I don't know where I, where I'd be without her, you know, like without my fiance. And like you know, she'll she'll like uh, she'll hear a song and be like, "Hey, do you play this during like weddings? Because like this is a banger. Like, give me suggest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, some a lot of songs are in my playlist are totally. from her. You know, Same. from her like influence. You know, I mean, it's just it's yeah. When just when you find it, yeah, yes, I agree. Um, she's listening in the other room, so I feel awkward even talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear me. I, can, I just heard it all. Next subject. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. No, I'm, I'm uh, and you just got engaged, so I'm happy for you. Congrats. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. Now you got to find a, a who's going to DJ. That's the hard part. Mm. <laughs> decisions decisions <laughs> you gotta you t- find out who's gonna dj and then get yourself to not think about the djing while you're having a good time yeah <laughs> i think i have the perfect guy nice. i think i have the perfect guy nice that's good I'm pumped. um all right well before we get out of here um do you have any other 
words to the DJs? Any other topics that we maybe skipped over that you want to discuss a little bit more or anything? Um, I mean, just, I, not really, I mean, just put out there that, you know, uh, like social media and YouTube and all that is like everything. Like I wouldn't be here without it. And, uh, right. don't sleep on that stuff. And I think I it's, it's almost, it's literally a requirement. Like you got to figure that out and figure out your niche, figure out your lane, what you want to do, whatever it is and, and, and run with it and, and, and dedicate yourself and make it a part of your like everyday routine life. Like it, or else that, cause that's how, if you ever, you know, if you want to, it's just, it's the key, you know, right for sure. No, I think that's super important. Um, and you know, just to talk about that for a couple more minutes, I noticed that something you do that's pretty smart is you repurpose your content for each platform so i i originally was like oh he has a podcast and i listened to it on spotify and then i realized oh wait he has the youtube and i started watching the youtube and i went oh wait the youtube is from is the video of the podcast and i went oh wait the youtube is a recording of his ecam of him doing the live stream is that right yep and then you took the best things that could be clip worthy or things that people would look up like um a little girl harassed me at a wedding or why I use turntables versus this or these things. And then you turn those into those bite-sized clips that maybe could be passed around or could be clicked on and then suggested if somebody doesn't want to watch a two-hour or one-hour YouTube video of you talking about all the things. So I think that's a really smart way to do it. That that's sort of your technique, right? Yeah. And I, I didn't make it up. I learned it from two people. So, uh, there's a comedian called his name's a- uh, Andrew Schultz okay. and he's a, yeah. he's hilarious. If you ever heard of him, he came, he pioneered the idea because there's, I think you've talked about this too. Like there, there's, there's a lot of like parallels to like DJs and comedians, totally. right? Like, they, you know, to, right. Well, what he discovered is like, instead of doing hour long specials, he broke up his specials into like five minute videos, 10 minute videos. And he found that when he did that on YouTube, you know, instead of releasing a whole hour long special, he released 10 minutes. And then the next week he released another 10 minutes. People would binge watch all of them, still watch the whole thing. But then if you just did a one hour special all in one, people watch half of it, turn it off, whatever, you know what I mean? But like, because you're choosing just to watch like individual little clips, you're going to, watch more of them right right then there was this other guy what really made the light bulb go off in my head with with the because i was trying to figure out because youtube is all about like you got to put a lot of content out there you got to keep it pushing and you know it's all about consistency and more the merrier kind of thing right well there's a guy named pat mcafee he's the he used to be a punter for the indianapolis colts the guy's hilarious great personality everything he started his own youtube channel youtube show he does five days a week and just talks about sports for hours a day right five days a week monday through friday wow and he's actually bigger than espn he gets more viewers than espn like it's no joke like he's like literally blown up well he does the exact same thing and that's what i model my channel after he does a live show and then he releases everything in clips and the clips are like these hilarious stories or whatever he talked about during the show and i would binge watch all shit and i was like wait a second what if I did a live show once a week 
And then some people will tune in and watch the whole thing, but most people won't. Most people turn off. Most people have shit to do. But then I drop highlight videos from it. You know what I mean? And then you can choose what you want to watch. Watch it on your own time. Binge it or whatever. And then now, instead of posting one, two videos a week that I'm producing because it's hard to edit and produce, I can do a live show, rip it up real quick in a couple clips. Now I'm doing 10, 12, 15 videos a week. And still producing real because, like, I have a lot of videos where I actually produced it, you know, and and do it live or whatever. But having a mixture of those both, it brings, you know, there's so much action to the channel, so much things, so much searchable things. And then when I when I create topics and one of the things I want to talk about in my show, I I create that stuff with with things and with that in mind. You know what I mean? Like what I I try and talk about what I learned from the past weekend. What can I teach? What did I fuck up? What did I do good? Whatever, you know, cool story. And then I I do it with that in mind as like releasing highlights and, and and then. And then, and then, yeah, and then the only, I wasn't going to do the podcast thing at, at first, but a lot of people asked, they said, listen, I, I really don't watch YouTube. I listen to podcasts yeah. and I do, I'm a truck driver and I, whatever, you know what I mean? And, and, and this is my favorite form of media. Can you just put the show on a podcast? That'll be great. You know? Right. And I'm like, all right. So then I started putting it, you know, uh, exporting audio and doing that. That's just for those people that prefer a podcast form rather than, you know, right. YouTube, everything else is just on YouTube, but it, but it worked. And in, in three months, I mean, my, my viewership has tripled just from doing that, you know, and, and, and doing the show and everything. And uh, yeah, so shout out to Pat McAfee and, uh, and Andrew Schultz, but it's true. Like, uh, it, breaking it up you know the people have short attention spans i don't really know smart. It's, it's i'm still figuring this shit out but it's it's working no so. i know but i've seen your growth through it i think it's cool and i think it's smart the way the way you're doing it um and, and is there uh do you live stream on youtube or do you only live stream on twitch only on well no my show is on youtube i live stream that direct to youtube but then um twitch i just do like a dj set on tuesday nights you right know, i want to call myself a streamer what i just I, I go on and I sing the songs I want to sing, you know. You know <laughs> right, I, I right. Have a but, few but you drinks, DJ you know, on Twitch. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you DJ on Twitch Tuesdays, 9.30 p.m., but then you do a live you Cor- do a live stream of the sort of talking podcast where you, you've interviewed a few DJs, but primarily it's you uh, somewhat putting together. I mean, do you put to, the show together beforehand, like almost like, an yep. outline of what's going to happen because I noticed that you will have these scenes and you'll put yourself like, even when you're talking about the rain one, you put yourself in the circle of the rain one. It's hilarious. Or you put yourself um, yeah, aside and you have the other things popping up and you have it organized beforehand before you go into it. And you seem to have topics that you want to discuss, whether it's something that happened that weekend or something about the whole of DJing or a new equipment so you have it pre-done, sort of you think about what you're going to do and write it out. Correct. I look at life through a different lens now that I'm doing a show. When, I, when I'm, when I'm any time during the week or especially on the weekends when I'm working and stuff, as things happen, things come up, I have a notepad in my phone, a little note, and, and I write stuff down. I want to talk about this on the show and talk about this. Or right. if I play a song that bangs, I usually do a segment on my show, add these songs like to your that. crates or whatever. This yeah. bang, well... You know, and and I write all these notes out, and then every Tuesday morning I wake up at seven a.m. I have Grubhub coming with IHOP first thing in the morning. Grubhub is the greatest shit ever. It's like room service for your house, right? They show up with the with my with my uh, with my spicy poblano omelet, right? I fuck that shit up, and then and then I come in here and then I make all my scenes and I, and I line line it all up. I talk about the weekend, da da. And all right, I want to talk about this next, and then all right, what kind of funny graphic can I make for this if it's if it's possible, you know? And then I make all my graphics. Line it all up. 
up. And then by then it's usually like 1130. I run and take a quick shower, come down and just do the show. So it's like a whole little routine. I kind of made it apart, you know, and then once I'm done the show, I take the whole show. I rip out the audio first, post the podcast. Then, then I rip out all the clips and I schedule the clips out for the entire week. So now I, ha- I curated content for the entire week for the whole week. Everything's done automatically posted. Good to go. And then, um, and then, and then on Wednesdays, the next day, that's usually my film day. And that's when I'll film like regular, like and produce regular videos and, you know, like do right. all that stuff. So, and like you have I mean, to like get the, the thumbnail, the, that like image that gets people to click on the, the video. That seems to be a big part of YouTube. That, that, that's the hardest part. Yeah. That's the hardest part is like finding the right thumbnail. Cause it's just always like a scream for with the live videos. You can't like with my, if I produce a video, I'll like, you know, right. post for one, but it, it, you really don't, you have to get like a screenshot. So I actually actually made it a point. You can notice in some of my videos that I'll, um, I'll stop, you know, I'll take a drink. I'll look at the camera for a second and then I'll keep going. Cause I'm like, that's going to be my thumbnail for this one. Yes. <laughs> Cause like, I'm not like, like with my mouth open, yes. like looking stupid. Totally. So, uh, you know, th- that's the tough part, but yeah, the thumbnails too. I mean, the advice I can give on that is, you know, less is more. I, I found that the more words I put on thumbnails, the less people click on it, the, the more it's harder. You want to see like the, the, the thumbnails that work best are sometimes with no words or right. very one or two, because people look at the thumbnail. You want them to look at the thumbnail and be like, Hmm. And, and be give a shit enough to look at what the title is then. So they go from thumbnail to title. Then the title is going to have your context. Then it's like, Oh, okay. Then they click and watch. Right. right. A lot of people make the mistake of putting wordy like whole paragraphs on thumbnails and 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 it it really does affect like engagement and stuff and so just having the right and then i try and include a face people identify with faces i, I read yeah, online i don't know totally. like, like, it helps so if, so if i have a face on there you know generally you know I, I don't want to, I don't want to use, like, I, I was looking up stock photo like with the girl, the little girl story. I was looking up like stock photos of little girls. And I was like, this is really creepy. I don't know why. I mean, like, I don't, I Googled it. And I was like, ugh, this is, this seems gross. I don't want to like, so like, I was like cartoon girls. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, and I got a cartoon. That's put so there. funny. Yeah. That's <laughs> cool. And, and don't you have to have a certain amount of subscribers to be able to live stream on YouTube? Ooh, good question. I think a thousand. I think it's a thousand. So you have to build though. your channel up to that point to be able to do it. If somebody else wanted to do it, they could do it on Twitch probably right away and repurpose that to then build it up and then be able to. But once you have a, a big subscriber base, it's probably worth live streaming it on the YouTube, you know, because it's going to be a different crowd than your Twitch. Yeah, and YouTube has all the same benefits as Twitch. I mean, other than, right. well, it doesn't have, like, you know, like, a lot of, but, like, you know, the, you can get tipped the same way yeah. and all that. But, like, it's just, it's, I was restreaming it to Twitch as well, so I was doing both at first when I first started my show, but okay. Twitch was so glitchy with restream oh, that I just, like, I cut it off and just do direct YouTube. And I, and then, wait, and I wanted to keep it separate. I, I don't, yeah. I'm not a fan of repurposing content, like, overdoing it, like, yeah. like, like, posting, like, the same picture on Instagram as Facebook as Twitter is, like, you know, like, I think you can... Right. I would rather people like when I post a video on YouTube, it's on YouTube and that's it. That's where it lives. There's no, I'm not going to post it on Instagram. I'm not going to, you have to go to YouTube to watch it because that way it's not, you're not spreading yourself too thin. You know, you yeah. get all the engagement where it matters, you know? Yeah. So, Oh, that's cool. Any other tips or lessons you've learned from, from building your YouTube or, or just your social media in general? Mm. I mean, that was pretty good, but I just didn't know if there was something just, we were missing. Just, just 
don't fake the funk. Don't just, we talked about it earlier. Just authenticity is currency. Like it's people like you just, it's it's easier to be your true self. People are going to hate you and love you, whether you're faking it or not, regardless, there's going to be people that hate you and people that love you. So you might as well just be yourself and, 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 and keep it pushing. It's easier not to fake it. Faking it is hard. You got to put on the act when you're faking it or when you're trying to be whatever, you got to prep yourself. You got to be right mindset. You got gotta like you know what i mean it's just it's more difficult like just don't don't like if just be yourself it's just 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 in all aspects and uh and i think you know when i when i because i I wasn't old you know i figured one day i decided you know i'm just you know screw this i'm not gonna if you see my early videos they're not even up anymore i i might like redo them like like uh, re-release them or something. But yeah. if you see my first videos, it's like, hi, I am Nick Spinelli. And today we're going to talk about wedding crates. Now in my wedding, you know what I mean? And that, that's just so not me, right. you know, you would just feel like, like once I figured out, just, I'll just be myself, whatever. We'll see what happens. That's when like, you know, it, everything started really coming into place. And then it makes you feel good too. Cause it's like when people do like it, it's like, all right, that's cool. Maybe I'm, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You no, know? no, I, I think it's just important. You yeah. know, I don't do scripts, nothing, never. Like, right. You know. just kind of give an outline of like, these are the things I want to talk about. And you just talk to the people like they're your friend. Correct. Even when I produce a video, like when I'm not, it's not a live video, but I'm like making the video, I basically do talking points and I'll have talking points like off the side on my iPad or something. And then I'll look, all right, I'll do this talking point. And then I yell at the camera for 10 minutes. And then I go to the next talk point, yell at the camera 10 minutes. And then I chop it all up. But like, it's all off the cuff, never on a script, never. I have structure and I put things in order because I want it to be easily consumed. I want it to be easy to understand. I want it to be valuable. You know what I mean? I'm not just like just saying whatever, but like there's a method, but like it, but it's off the cuff. It's just coming. It's coming from the heart. You right. know what I mean? It's not, it's not like a pre-written bullshit, you know? And I, I really think that's like the major, I mean, everybody, there's different strokes, different folks. I'm not saying like if you use a teleprompter or whatever, like you suck, but yeah. I personally, I think it's better to, you know, yeah. off the dome. No, no, I feel you. I, I try to do that with this too. Like I'll write out notes of what I want, but then try to just say what I think, you know, the right way. But, um, Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, exactly. that's I mean, that's kind of a good good place to end on is just back to the be yourself thing that we started on and come full circle. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, any other last words if you got them? Otherwise, um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, man. This I, honestly, I thanks I, for having me, man. Yeah, it's an for honor, sure. Bro. I had so much fun uh, getting to know you more and and learning about all your stuff and um, honestly, your your work on. YouTube and all that is really cool and inspirational. And I'm, you know, I'm going to take a page from it. Even all those people you were mentioning, I'm going to watch their stuff. It's, it's great as I get more into this side of things too. So, um, yeah, thank you. And, uh, hopefully we will hang in person at, at one point. And thank you for the beat source wedding playlist, because I'm sure I will be using those, uh, at some point soon. Oh, bro. Yeah. That's crazy. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, man, Nick Spinelli. Oh, where can everybody find you? We said it earlier, but on YouTube, Nick Spinelli. On Instagram, DJ Nick Spinelli. Is there anywhere else uh, we need to shout out? Um, yeah, Twitch, oh, twitch.tv yeah. slash Nick Spinelli. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. Those three. Well, go Twitch, watch YouTube, his videos. Instagram. Hire him for your party. <laughs> Use his damn... <laughs> playlists and all that shit um but yeah thank you man good good seeing you and uh we'll see you soon thanks buddy later 
All right, my man, Nick Spinelli. Thank you so much for coming on the show, letting us know what you think about everything, always keeping it 100, keeping it honest. So much fun exchanging stories with you and uh, hearing about what you do and the Beat, the Beat Source wedding playlist, all that. So make sure you go on to BeatSource if you have not already and sign up. Use the code THE20 to get 60 days free. And um, I can't wait to see you guys next week. The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.